Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. Excited to be here. This on our last week of our goal-making month of the year. So real excited to find out what some of the goals you guys have set for yourself have been because we've been talking about that since the beginning of the year and kind of how those are taking root. So if you want to share something about that with us tonight, let me know. Just kind of let me know what's going on with that. It's going to be an amazing evening tonight. I want to uh, go over a couple of things. I want to remind you, I I talked about this actually the last couple of weeks. Okay, and I think that it would be a really cool thing to do. The idea came up and it's just been sitting in my head festering ever since. And when things do that, they don't go away. Uh, I, ha- I have to f- spit them out somehow creatively for, to make or they'll just keep growing into something crazy. But we talked about our immortality, the, the immortality of our voice, the message, what we're trying to say, you know, life after, you know, what's going to happen after we're gone. You know, how is how is our message going to stay out there? And I thought, you know, for me, and it may, I don't know if it's egotistical or narcissistic. I don't, I don't think, I think it's something beyond anything like that. But I don't want my voice to be quiet. I don't want it to ever just go away. I want to leave something that tells people I I was here, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a crazy like history buff and all that weird stuff anyway. So, you know, just kind of fits into that. But I thought it would be a really cool project for us all to think about doing this year is making a poetry. Hi, I'm a poet. Poetry time capsule. Something very personal to us. Whatever we want. Say, you know, you were you were putting this together for someone to find in 200 years. But if it's a thousand years, you guys. I mean, think about it. But Put, what would you put in there if you wanted to have someone in 2,000 years know you were here? What would you put in there? What poems would you put in? What personal things would you put in? What things would you write about yourself? How would, what, what would you want them to know? What message would you take forward? What, would it, what it, would it be in there? I mean, that whole thought is just so mind-boggling, you know, when you think about the actual scope of it and the 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 fingerprint of you, you know, the you that absolutely nobody else in the world knows. What would you tell them about you? What would your fingerprint be? So think about that. You know, even if it takes, you know, start a, put a little box, find an empty box somewhere, set it someplace where you can see it and just let it sit there. Even if every time you just see the box and you think about it, that's going to make you think, what would I put in that box? And if you think of something, put it in there. And then by the end of the year, you can go out and you can find somewhere really cool and bury your time capsule. So think about that. Just be fun. Be fun. Do this with me so I don't feel weird, you guys. <laughs> so I don't, so don't so feel, feel so alone in my, my uh, narcissism. All right. 
So we have some things we want to go over with quickly before we start the show. If you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, then please send me a message. Probably the easiest way would be on uh, Facebook. You can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Let me know what you want to put together. These shows can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long, depending on how much time you need. And they can be pre-recorded. They can be done live with a live audience. They can be done a combination of both. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these. The whole concept is, is that we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn from each other. So it can be whatever it is. And if you can't think of an idea, Google it. And then you can come on and say, hi, I'm going to do this workshop that I found on Google. And it's about how to write poetry in the shape of a pear. And I thought it would be fun to do this. So this is the workshop that I found on this site, and we're going to have fun doing it. Be creative. It's just a chance for us to be able to spend a little bit more uh, intimate time together than we're afforded to on this show. So it'll be a lot of fun. All right, next thing I want to do is I want to thank our sponsors for the show for helping us with our license for our to stay on the air for last year through the 2019 licensing fees. It was one Sapien James, Sean Gullickson, Rosalind Prentice, John Case, Paula Sweet, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Mangus Khan, Ronald P. Bremner, Terry Galloway, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Uma Ponchapalli, Christy Doherty, Julia Vargas, and Michael W. Anks. So thank you guys so much. We're coming to the end of our year, so we will be doing that again here in a month. Just kind of a heads up. <laughs> and uh, just want to thank you guys. You're awesome. Thank you for, you know, keeping us here. We've been here for, this is our, four, we're, we're starting our 14th year together, you guys. 14 years. What an amazing place we've created and built together. All right. So anyway, okay. Oh, all sentimental. Next thing, huh? Not sentimental. I'm giving you your homework. <laughs> you ever get stuck one night and you don't know what, what to do or what to write about or anything like that? Just go to one of our shows somewhere in the first 15 minutes of the show. You will hear your writing prompts and uh, ideas and things. You can pick one of them and just go. Now, before I get into this, because it may happen, depending on how long I talk, at some point at the show, this may happen. And it's just kind of a quick disclaimer, and I'm not going to freak out like I did last week. But every every week for the last month, at the 5.30, 5.45 5.30, I lose connection with the studio. All the, 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 the grid goes down, whatever it is. I don't know. But And I'm going to disappear for a moment. If that happens and you're on the air with me, just go, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm here. Hi, guys, I'm filling in, and we're going to talk about it. Just, just pick it up and go have fun, and I'll be back shortly, okay? If it goes when I'm doing this assignment and stuff, then you're going to hear a moment of silence, and then you're going to hear me jumping on, probably a lot of commotion while I'm doing it. All right, so just be aware that that could happen. <laughs> All right, so now I want to give you your journal assignments for the uh, to start out with, a journal assignment. A journal is something that everyone should have. It's a good time beginning of the year. If you don't have one, get one. It can be a spiral notebook, a, an actual journal, whatever it is you want to write in. But it should be paper and pen or paper and pencil, whichever is your preferred instrument of trade. And I, I want your hand to feel the slide of the paper underneath it. I want your fingertips to feel the drag and the scratch of the pen's point across the surface. I want you to smell the ink. As it, as it dries on the paper. I want you to hear it, the sound of the scratch. 
okay? Trust me, it is so important to get off a keyboard, to get off a phone, to get off something backlit. And if this is the only thing that you do that for, then that's fine, you know? But do that. At least once a day, do that with your, with your journal, your journal assignment. Okay, journal assignments. Nobody's ever meant to see these. These are just for your consumption only, so it doesn't matter what you write in there. Just have fun with them. The journal assignment that I gave you for the year, and it's not necessarily a journal assignment, but you can write them in your journal. But it's, I put, that's where it is, and that's where it's staying. But your journal assignment for the year is to write a haiku every day. Find something during your day that's worth 17 syllables and write it down. If you don't know what a haiku is, jump on Google and learn it. Learn how to write one. If you have any questions about that, just talk to Jamie Bond and ask her how she started writing haikus. And it's really funny because I don't remember it. I'm going to tell you this really fast, but I don't remember what it was. But I posted something about a haiku, writing a haiku, years and years and years ago. And she came back and said something, something like, you know, I don't write haikus. I don't know how to write them. I don't think I'd like them or something like that. Or, I've never written one, blah, 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 whatever it was. And I looked at her, what she wrote to me. And ironically, it perfectly broke down down into five, seven, five syllables in the three. I could put together three lines, you know, perfectly. And I did that. I broke it down into three lines and the and the five, seven, five format for her, sent it back to her. And I said, you're already writing them. It was pretty cool. So even if you've never done it, try it. It's really fun. It's a great thing to do with those little poetry hiccups we get during the day and we don't know what to do with them with always write them down you never know what they can grow into but if you write one every single day for the entire year by the end of the year you're going to have three something if you miss any days or right on 300 maybe 365 um haikus to look at if you can pick 60 of those you can have by the end of the year you could have the content that you need to publish a haiku poetry book and every poet should have one i'm telling you it's kind of like you know the, the cool the cool kids all of us, yeah, we all have our haiku journal. Okay, so, yeah, write a haiku a day. Now, the journal assignment for the week is, and basically what I want you to do, this is like on your market set, uh, right? I want you to put your, it's just a, a, a guided thought. All right, and, and I want you to free write to this. So, basically what I want you to do at the top of your page, I want you to write down this line. It might have been the darkening sky. And then go. I want you to write that down at the top of your page. It might have been the darkening sky. And then just keep writing. Wherever it takes you to write, it doesn't matter. I don't care. You know, it could end up about having to take your car to the garage and get fixed or whatever. All right, but put pen to paper. Start with that line and just let your brain go from there. It might have been the darkening sky. And go. Ten minutes at least. All right. Now, you're writing exercise, which is different than a journal assignment. A journal assignment assignment is something you can sit and contemplate, something you can, um, you know, personal to you. The writing exercise is meant to push you out of your comfort zones. It's not meant to make you comfortable. It's not meant to be that, that thoughtful place it's meant to be the ouching place you know wow i've not done this before i don't know i don't know why this isn't familiar it's come wow you put that where that these are not meant to be 
something that's going to, they're meant to push you, push you, push you. The more you push yourself, the better you're going to be, the better writer, the better quality product you're going to be producing, everything. So you really want to push yourself, and you're the only one that can make you do that. But you do have to do that if you're going to grow as a a poet in your work. Okay, so the one I've given you for the year, and this is really important because you have to have input in order to have out, output. You're, you're writing exercise, which doesn't always have to do with writing. It couldn't be actually do with doing something, which this one is, is once a month, I want you to take yourself, take yourself out to somewhere inspiring or out of the ordinary or do something you've never done before. Take yourself out on like a play date. You know, when you're you're driving home and you, you grab that burger, instead of eating it in the car, stop at the Little League game you see going on and sit on the bench and just, you know, watch, you know, do something you wouldn't normally do. Go out and get your hands dirty and skin your knees or get dressed up, you know, do something unexpected to yourself. So I've never been to an opera, but by God, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm just going to do it so I can say I've done it and boom. You know, at least you then you have that emotional experience and all these things that you do in life, the the experiences you have, they're going to be able to pour out onto your paper. And the more powerful and excited and different they are, the more you're going to have to work with. So it is important. Feed that creative side of you. Go out and do something once a month. I don't care if it's for a lunch hour or for a day or an evening, a weekend. Really important to do that stuff. All right, now your writing exercise for the week is talking about taking you out of your comfort zones. As poets, a lot of the times we'll sit there and we put ourselves under so much pressure to every time we sit down and write a poem or sit down to write, we have to write a poem because we're poets, you know, and we're poets in this social media, you know, generation and era where, you know, we have to stay out there. If we don't stay out there, our likes go away. And it's so different, you know, it's, it's just crazy. So we really put a lot of pressure on ourselves to produce because, you know, basically think about, it, you know, basically our Facebook page, whatever it is, is our 10 minutes of fame, you know, and it can go away so fast. So we have to produce, we have to write, we have to write, you know, it's been almost two years since I posted a poem on my page. I've written them between then, but it's been, think about that. It's been almost two years since I posted something I've written on my page. There's a reason for that. And if you're curious, I can tell you. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, I want you to do something you normally wouldn't do because this is giving yourself permission to explore ideas and write without pressure. And when I give you this, I want you to really think about the different um, ways you could interpret the, the idea. All right, ways you could look at it, perspectives you could go. And jot them down before you ever start writing something. And then pick one of those out of the list and then write to it. All right, so what I want you to do, and I want this written in like story or prose or free writing form. Anything but a poem. Just just write it. Write, write what your, your thoughts are on, you know, write it like a narrative or, or what. Narratives are really important and good to write. They really help you with perspectives in your poetry. So a narrative would be cool to do this and fun, I think. Anyway, I want you to write a story, prose or free writing, about something that fell out of someone's pocket and it changed everything. Write a story about something that fell out of someone's pocket and it changed everything. 
All right, so jot down all the different ideas you have of where you could take that, then pick one of them and write. And one of the cool things about doing stuff like this is after you're done, after you've spit, spit it all out, you can a lot of times, a lot of times, I've done this so many times, probably most of the time, gone back into what something that just spilled out and something you've just written and take pieces of it, and you've got this amazing poem in there. But because you've had such a broad spectrum of things to choose from, you've created a really good piece of writing. Because you've, you've gone to that emotional depth into what you're thinking about. So a lot of times you can find some really great, great poems hidden in these things that you write. All right. So have fun. Write with that. Write a story about something that fell out of someone's pocket that changed everything. All right. The next two I'm going to give you are... These are writing prompts. Now now that I said don't write a poem, now you're writing a poem. (laughs) So prompts are different. Prompts are kind of like seeds. And seeds, they land, they start growing, they grow into something. And so these are meant to be idea starters for a poem. And it can be, with that said, it can be the title of the poem. It can be a line in the poem. Or it can be the general concept of the poem itself without ever saying what you know, the prompt is. So the title of a line in or the concept of. So the first prompt I'm going to give you is I woke to the truth. I woke to the truth. And then the next poetry prompt, this is the that's my line borrowed poetry prompt. And I actually had <laughs> I had a line written down from last week. So normally when I do these, I'll take a line out. So someone's going to read tonight and I'm going to steal a line from you. And that's going to be next week's prompt. So this is a line out of someone that read last week. But I didn't write down who read it. I forgot who read it. So I can't I can't use it. It was a great line. It's, it's, I can use it, but I just can't use it as a prompt but it was the line was the one where uh she's she's been planning this since she was 12 i thought that would have been a great prompt but i didn't write down who wrote that and i'm really sorry to whoever that was you can remind me and and scold me later but yeah i thought that was a big one but instead so since i didn't have a name these are both the prompts i'm giving you right now both of these prompts are out of uh, a book chat book by emily viewing called look where she points and you can find emily on facebook.com Emily Viewing, V-E-W-V-E-V-I-E-W-E-G, okay, and uh, you can contact her, but so since I have her chat book here on my desk, I decided, oh, I'll just borrow lines from Miss Emily, so the first one, I Woke to the Truth, that is her, a line out of one of her poems out of that chat book, and the next one I'm going to give you we, that we borrowed from Emily is Lying in the Drawer. Lying in the drawer. So those are your two poetry prompts. I woke to the truth and lying in the drawer. Thank you, Emily. All right. So now, with all that said, I am going to play an audio track. We always start and end every episode with a with a recording from one of you. So if you have something you've written, recorded, MP3 format, shoot those over to me. Uh, probably email would be uh, the, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. Put MP3 files, something along those lines, into the header. So uh, I'll see that in there. We'll get them uploaded to the show's library and play them for the world. So the poem that I'm going to start with tonight, the recording, is um, 
a piece called I Hope You Think of Me. And it's by Dakota Wint. And here we go. Hope you enjoy it. I know you'll enjoy it. Here you go. I wanted to be the one to show you the world. I wanted to take you to the Eiffel Tower in Paris or kiss you under a moonlit Rome. Like the things that would happen in the Colosseum, I wanted to rip you apart in the most poetic way. I wanted to go snorkeling in Aruba. I wanted to see the coral beneath our feet. Everywhere I wanted to be, I wanted to be there with you. I wanted it to be so that no matter what, every time you saw an airplane, Anytime you see the moon reflect in someone else's eyes. Whenever you found yourself driving through a neighborhood full of mansions just to plan out your dream life, I hope you think of me. Because I remember waking up next to you and the way the sunlight would hit your face and the floating dust speckled around you. I just wanted to drown in your presence. You were like a beautiful still in a moving world. Time seemed to slow down whenever you were near me. If you've ever been in a car accident or a near-death experience, you know what I mean. It's a beautiful bliss where time stops and you're shown your life. All the bad choices that led you to this moment. In a weird way, you're kind of the reason I don't regret anything in life. I remember when we were upstairs and you told me that you wanted to die. You were beautiful in the saddest way. To let someone see who you really are and to be real for just once in your life... You put your mask down and looked at me with your heart through watery eyes. We could talk for hours about how many terrible things happen to good people. But one thing I learned from you is that even sunflowers don't last forever. They show up for a little bit as the seasons change to remind you that, hey, the world's beautiful sometimes. And then they go. Just like when we promised forever, I didn't think it'd come so soon. I prided myself on being able to make you smile when things would get bad. Of course, I was usually the reason they were bad, but we didn't make sense. And we didn't have to. Like a statue of our waxed hands fallen and morphed from aging. I remember you told me that you felt me slipping through your fingers. I laughed and said the only thing slipping through your fingers is mine. But you were right. The weight of the world pulled me right through. So whenever you feel sad, just look at your wrists. Every pissed off morning, you'd have to wake up before my parents caught you sleeping over. Every Slurpee I brought to your cosmetology school. And every time you'd sneak over and sleep instead of going to class. When you bleached my hair orange. When you ruined all of our pillows and you dyed your hair red. How we could watch Harry Potter and Twilight on repeat. When I ate a wheat chocolate bar and freaked out. Every time you'd storm out the front door and how funny it was that you ended up kissing me five minutes after. That time you slapped me, or like the first time I saw you walking towards me. Or how you were obsessed with taking pregnancy tests. Or how we lost a little version of ourselves. Whenever you look at your wrists, I hope you think of me. And I hope you think of everything that we used to be.
Absolutely amazing piece. Love that. That's Dakota Wint. You can check him out and find him over. Actually, look him up over on uh, YouTube. You can check some of his other works out too. Amazing, amazing poet. Very emotional piece. All right. With all of that said, you guys, I'm going to let you know what to expect tonight. First of all, if you'd like to call in and read, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as our first caller tonight comes from area code four. Oh, uh, excuse me, five four zero. 540. So listen for your uh, telephone area code. When I bring you on, please introduce yourself. That's really important. Let people know who you are, know who's reading, know how, you know, yeah, just want, you don't, you never want to send your work out there. It's really important. You don't want your poems going out there without your name attached. So please, please, please introduce yourself when you come on. (laughs) Next, you can read two poems to start out with tonight. If the lines get too busy and we need to change that to one, I'll let you know. Otherwise, until then, you're good to go at two poems. Please make sure that you have your URL out to give out after you're done reading so that people can come over and network with you, get to know you and your writing better. And then please remember that we have a mature rating. That means that Anything goes, with the exception of, like, porn poems. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. I've been saying that for 14 years. I still think it's clever. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> anything other than that, you're good to go. You kind of, you guys, you guys know where that line is. I want to give the first three callers out so you have an idea of where you are. We have area code 540. Then we have 219, and we have 750. Those are our first three callers. Looks like we are having line issues. So if you're trying to get in to the chat room or if you're trying to get in on the lines, if you're trying to get in the chat room, just keep refreshing. I see Noreen's the only one that's made it in. I see a bunch of others have tried but can't. Um, So if you're trying to get in that, just keep refreshing the page. If you're trying to get in on the air by chance and you get a fast, busy signal, just keep trying. It'll let you in as they get the lines up. All right. So with that said, let's go ahead and get to our first caller, which, again, is 540. 540, you're on the air. Hey, it's Bill Church down in Virginia. It is, Philip. How are you, my sweetheart? I'm doing pretty good. You can hear my voice is kind of raspy. I've been having a lot of with crazy weather we're getting down here. Really messing with my uh, my head and my sinuses and everything. But, you want uh, that I, I should come I, down there and kick it in the shin for you? Yeah, poke it with a stick. I'd, I'd do that. <laughs> I would do that for you. <laughs> yeah. Come on down, bring your stick. I could use it. <laughs> your wife can kiss the ouchies better, but I'll fight your monsters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to remember, I'm divorced. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Well, you could get an ad out on uh, ouchiekissers.com or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you, have to, you have to poke the ex-wife with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, it's so good to hear from you, hon. I know. I, I, you know, my health is, I never really know until, honestly, until a couple hours before the show if I'm going to be able to go on or not. I know I missed last week and everything, so 
But I think I can get through this week. And uh, okay, I, I like what you were talking about at the beginning about how you want to live two thousand years from now. And, yeah. Uh, you want to, you know, have that go on and. Is that narcissistic? Huh? Is that narcissistic? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, not at all. I, no. I think that's visionary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I think, you know, because we don't say that, you know, we just, we we're all humble poets, but no, I don't want to ever be forgotten. I want to write something that someone's going to read 2,000 years from now. You know, and I think maybe uh, we're all afraid to say that out loud or to say we want something that big. Making, uh, that's where you're making your mistake, because uh, I sure ain't no humble poet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there are exceptions. There are exceptions to the rules. Some of, some yeah. of my poet uh, heroes, they didn't seem too humble neither, like Mr. Poe and a few yeah. others. I'm but. talking about the people who say... Um, I only write for myself, yeah. you know, and that's, and, 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 I, and I lovingly call bullshit because if you only wrote for yourself, then you wouldn't be posting it online and checking Correct. Facebook every five minutes to see if someone liked it or running to your phone when you hear it ping. You know, if you were only writing for yourself, you wouldn't care if it sat and died in a dresser drawer beside your bed. But if you're putting yep. it out there, then you are writing for a bigger reason inside of yourself. So there's people who say, I only write for myself. It's like, no, bullshit. You write because you have something to say. So say it. Say it That's big right. and loud. You know, make some noise. And I want my noise to go on forever. And I just, well, I just, yeah. I may have actually read this one that I'm going to read. and going to read two for you tonight. Okay. Uh, but uh, when I was uh, 19... I spent the summer uh, engraving and setting uh, tombstones in the graveyards. And uh, just prior to that, that previous spring, I had been working in a nursing home. And one of my little uh, ladies that I took care of in the nursing home, you know, she passed away, and all of a sudden I've got her stone in front of me wanting to you know, for me to engrave it and wow. put her surreal all and go set it and all and so I got it all set up and it took all three minutes to sandblast the carving into it and that was it. And I thought, Good Lord, her whole life boiled down to some punk nineteen year old taking all of three minutes to carve a stone. And so that's where I got the idea for this uh uh, <clears throat> this uh, poem I'm going to do. This poem has also been turned into a song by John Grounds. He he's got uh, he lives in London, England, and he lives in Los Angeles. And uh, he put it to music, and it's just wonderful. Uh, he 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 plays uh, a Stratocaster guitar just like Jimi Hendrix uh, in it, and it's kind of a bluesy. Uh, rock bluesy type of song, so I might we might have to play that one day if I can remember to ever get it to you. But you were talking about leaving more, you know, when we go. So uh, this is called Stones. Stones orbit the sun, stones turning to sand, 
when the war's won, drop the stone from your hand. Stones placed upon stone, we stack them so high. Stacking's never done, stones built up to the sky. Stones in our souls formed by what we condone. Wrath fills the bowls while our hearts turn to stone. Stones circle the hinge. They point to the sky. Stones mark revenge for things held upon high. Stones found in the earth turned up in the sod. We value their worth or worship as God. Living our life with what we have known, walking through strife like a field strewn with stone. We're here together. We own what we say, wondering whether we'll cast stones away. Rise above the fray, because we all die alone. Beyond your last day, leave more than a damn stone. End of poem. See, that's what I want to do. I don't want someone to walk. And see, I love cemeteries. I love, I love anything in life that has a fingerprint. And I love, because I'm, I'm also a photographer, you know, I love you know, looking for emotion and things. And so because of that, I'm drawn to some pretty dark, you know, areas of my photography um, because I want that emotion. And I love graveyards. <laughs> I just, I do. I just think they're, you know. A mystery, but I don't want someone to walk through one and see my name on a stone and say, oh, that's a weird name. <laughs> wonder who that was. I, I want to leave something in the world that says who that was. Yeah. Leave more than a stone. Yeah. And so now, let's do it, you guys. Let's make poetry time capsules. You have to I'm do that, Philip. Uh, now, you may not have ca- catched it, caught it, catched it. In that, but that used medial rhyming, and I love writing poems with medial rhyming. It gives them a lyrical uh, mm-hmm. a, a sensation that you just don't get, you know, when you're just going to rhyme one line with another. What I like to do is to rhyme uh, the middle of the line with the next middle of the next line and last line with the last of the next line. So that's called medial rhyming. And this last one I'm going to do, it it, it uses medial rhyming. So let, you, you kind of see if you can listen for it. Okay. This is called Madison. There's a, I wonder if I'm actually a madman masquerading as a poet or if I'm really a bad man and just hoping none will know it. Perhaps I'm a visionary who inscribes the things prophetic or a tale that's cautionary of a lifetime lived pathetic. Do I wear my heart upon my shoulder and never wonder why? Or am I a fool who's getting older, waiting till the day I die? Now, should I try to always be kind? 
and keep trying to do what's right? Or has my vision been rendered blind by staring too long at the light? Maybe I'll just stop all of my fighting. My contribution makes no sense. Or maybe I'll just keep on writing and hope it makes a difference. In poem. <laughs> the last one, the last, the last line, the rhyme, the difference. You know, that's what I call a near rhyme. It's two words that don't exactly rhyme, but depending right. on your pronunciation, you can make them rhyme. And I hear that right. a lot in in British poetry. You know, it's like, that what are they, the whole, the whole poem rhymed until they got to that. But then when you take on in, you know, medieval dialect or, you know, Renaissance dialect or whatever it is, um, those words did rhyme the way they're pronounced, they were pronounced then. So oh, yeah. it's fun. It's, it's, it's like, I like puzzles, little word puzzles like that that make me think and have to figure out how that worked. How did that work? Why? Yeah. It's fun. Their official uh, title is Imperfect Rhyme. <laughs> like that. I, could, I could definitely hear it, and you're right. It does give it very lyrical, and uh, it, yeah. it was fun. It was fun. I'm glad you told us that before because it was really fun listening to that intentionally. We would have heard it, but subconsciously, I think. Right. You know, but by and, but telling it, us you've taught it, us something. It helps for, for your, your, your poem to flow. It gives it a lyrical almost... I had a guy say it was sing song. He said, "Do you write? Do you write no one of your sing song poems?" And I said, "Do you mean lyrical?" <laughs> he said, "Yes." Yeah. I'll get one more. Uh, I'm going to do one more. It's a little quatrain, metered at thirty thirteen syllables per line, and then I'll I'll get off of here. It's called Destiny. Okay. Don't worry about tomorrow, but today stand fast. Life's lived here and now, but understood best. By our past. So many voices we hear with directions to take, but it is our choices, not chance, that our destinies make. In poem. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it, sweetheart. I'm really glad you shared those with us tonight. Well, there you go. Some wisdom from fellow, fellow church down here in the mountains. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to get off here and go in here and make me some meatballs and call it a night. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. And by the way, I'm going to need your address for that pin. Oh, okay. So shoot me over your uh, address. You just want me to shoot it to you at Facebook? Yep, that'll work. That's all good. <laughs> all right, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you for calling in, Fop. Uh, my pleasure. Talk to you next week, hopefully. All right, honey. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. All right, Mr. Philip Church. Always fun to have him on with us. Our next caller comes from area code 219. Now, remember, it's right getting right about that time you guys could lose me, you know, unless we fix the issue this week. So if suddenly I just go away, you're just going to hear some silence or you're going to have to talk for a second. And uh, I will be right back with you, I promise. I've got everything set up in case that happens. So, yeah, we'll be good. Just be aware that that could happen sometime in the next next minutes, 20 minutes. 
Next caller, let's go ahead and bring on 219. 219, you are on the air. Again, how are you doing? This is Brother O on the line. Hello, Brother O. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, oh, I was, I'm doing doing much better now. I'm very glad. You sound good. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. So, uh, what'd you bring us tonight, hon? Uh, this is a love relationship poem I wrote a few uh, years back called You Can't Make Anybody Love or Want You. Okay. Any real love and relationship always takes two people to make the thing work. There's always a two-way street of admiration, interest, love, and respect. Not a concept or idea that is forced upon someone. <clears throat> now, if a brother or sister is not interested in you, not feeling your vibe, not a compatible match for you, not giving you the time of day, nor not paying you any type of attention, or turned off by your attitude or your outward appearance, keep the train moving along and find someone else. Because in the game of love, you must learn how to handle rejection. Rejection is a part of life. There there are many things in the world that you can have. And there's millions of things in the world that you can't have. There's no fun facing it, but that's how it is in the world, brothers and sisters. Even the best of us, including yours truly, gets turned down from time to time. You can't have it your way all the time. Because love has to flow both ways. It's not about you all the time or how you feel. You got to take that brother or sister's feelings into consideration too. Love is a rough game that is unfair at times. My dear brothers and sisters who are single, every one of you out there deserves to be with someone who loves you in return. A relationship is a wonderful experience to have with someone who is not only good to you but good for you. Someone who loves you with his or her heart and soul. Someone who is there for you to navigate this thing called life. Someone who is there for you through the good and tough times. And someone who wants and desires you as much as you want that brother or sister. There's somebody out there who is just waiting for you and me, him or her. Of course, the game of love is a marathon that you have to run with patience. And you encounter some bumps in the road before you find your king and queen. My dear brothers and sisters, you can't make anybody love or want you because everybody is not meant to love you. It doesn't give you the right or the license to force anyone to be with you, to harass or start via text, inbox, phone calls, emails, messages, or unpersonal, unwanted personal visits. The damage someone's probably like busting out their windows, carrying their cars, or breaking down the doors and tearing up their house. To steal someone's probably like taking valuables of pets. To threaten someone with bodily harm or take his or her life if you spy with another person. To give him or her unwanted gifts 
or presence or to send him or her pictures of your private parts and poems. You just scared me from ever wanting to have a boyfriend again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. I don't want someone to do all that. <laughs> Actually, I've had some that have done no. all that. That's what that's what made it really scary. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I remember. I remember that. <laughs> oh, geez, whiz. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, right, sweetheart? A lot of lot of good, strong, important messages in that in that piece. Thank you, thank you, Queen. I, I appreciate it very much. Oh, you're welcome, honey. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come find you. Again, my brothers and sisters, if you're not connected with me on Facebook, you can connect with me on Facebook under Oh My Brother O'Gather. I'm very easy to find on Facebook on that site, and um, I'm working on a few things. As always, thank you for your support and Speak Easy Cafe every, every Thursday night. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Appreciate you so much, sweetheart. Thank you for those awesome words. All right. We will talk to you again next week. Yes, I'll be back next week. Thank you. You're very welcome. So good to have you here, honey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller. Once again, I want to give you guys a number. If I'm still getting people saying they're getting a fast, busy signal. If you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying to call in 646-595-3965. If you're online, <laughs> hold on. Don't hang up. You might have problems getting back in. All right. I'm going to go ahead and grab our next caller, which comes from area code 757. 757, you are on the air. Hello, now is Tamiko Barnett. Hey, Tamiko, how are you, sweetheart? I'm doing all right. I got a birthday coming up in one yeah. two, three, five, three days on Sunday. Three days. Mm-hmm. So before next week's show. Yeah. Okay. All right. So are you ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tamiko. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had to snap my fingers along with you. I was like, do what do. <laughs> Go along with it because she's not going to stop. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Happy birthday from all of us to you, sweetheart. We love you. Um, so what I have is, well, I, um, before I go into the poem, I wanted to say that I really like the fact that you and I believe it was Bill talking about the, um, poetry time capsule. This is something that I've actually been thinking about doing for the past four years, and I just ain't know where to start with that. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I said that is the craziest thing. I was thinking about that a few times over the past four years. Like, this would be a really interesting and unique way to leave some poetry behind for future generations. Do you know what I've got for mine already? Hmm. I've got a fossil, a leaf fossil that I found Mm -hmm. to put in there. 
And the message I'm going to leave with it is you, it doesn't matter how big you are, you can leave an impression on this planet. That's what I'm going to write, something like that, and write and put with the fossil. Put that in there and the time capsule. I've got a journal that I started at the first of the year where I'm just writing stuff. And mm-hmm. it's written, you know, dear stranger type. You know, it's not doesn't say stranger. It's, you know, written. This, yeah. Each one starts out written to whoever finds this. And every right. day I just write something little in there, write something strange in there, put a thought in there. So, you know, 2,000 years from now, someone can pick it up and be reading day by day things that I thought important about this day and age or, or friendships mm-hmm. or love or, you know, wow. fish tacos, I don't know, whatever I wanted to write that day. We, you know, and then what poems are going to go in there? I've got some of those picked out. So, yeah, I mean, what oh, would you yes. put in it, you guys? And great minds think alike, cause I tell you, it's. <laughs> I, I started. I use. I'm using a steno pad. I love steno pads. Don't even try to understand. Every writer poet got <laughs> their stationery that they like, and I love. We all have, yeah. <laughs> I like journals too. Don't get me wrong. And in, in your regular single notebook, you know, spiral and all that kind of spiral stuff. Notebooks. I love yeah. me. A steno pad. I don't even understand it sometimes, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> so I know like, to get you for your birthday, don't I? Like, what is with me in these steno pad? I got to have. I need a pack of six. <laughs> You're gonna laugh when you get 732,000 steno notebooks in the mail for your birthday from all the listeners. <laughs> oh my god! I know. You never have to buy another one as long as you live. I'm like, <laughs> but um. I use I'm using that one of those. I'm gonna fill up another one. I thought about doing at least two, and one of them is almost full. But I did the same thing. I'm doing the same thing that you're doing. Just whatever my thoughts are about, um, and I'm writing it like in second person. Like I'm writing to directly to whoever finds it, and it's just like okay, it, on this date. This is what's been going on here. I certainly do pray that this is still not going on when you find this. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, you know, going on in the world now, I'm, I'm hoping that you find yourself in better conditions. If not, here are some, <laughs> it's like these are some suggestions or ideas or something. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like something to contribute in some odd kind of way, you know, just You know, you've heard me talk before about um, the history that gets passed on to the next generation is always written by someone who has something to profit, something to gain, or something to hide or benefit from in its telling. Mm. You know, think about what we were taught in grade school about history and what we know about history now. You know, so what we were told as children was not even the truth. So it's going to be, it's always the same way. It will always be that way. The history that gets passed on is going to be controlled by those who have something to gain, benefit or gain or hide in its telling. Mm-hmm. So in your journal, there's a couple of places, a couple of days where I've written down, um, I don't know how they're going to portray, you know, I don't know what history they're going to pass on about this, but this is what it's really like. Because uh. I always say that the truth isn't with the people who write history. The truth is with the common man. And that's why I love reading journals. I love reading diaries, um, uh-huh. old le- collections of letters, things like that. It's something I'm just fascinated with. And uh, 
you know, because it's the truth that the, the truth is in the language of the common man, and that's what we're leaving. That's what we're we are, you know. So I think it's important what we write. So I don't you know, I don't know what things are like or how they talk about this now in your day, but this mm-hmm. is how it really is here. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and I, I I got poetry in there too, and mm-hmm. um, some poems, and you know anything that is just popping into my mind that I know and want to share. Anything I have learned, um, just anything. It's just like okay, and that's why I put little tidbits in there about the history, just like what you're saying. It's not, it's the present day that I'm writing about on some of the pages, but to them it's going to be history. So it's like. As they're reading this, <laughs> if they in a time where they're saying, "Well, wait, they didn't tell us about this," mm-hmm. it's like, "Yeah, you're getting it right here on this page. This is what was <laughs> going on on this day. <laughs> this what, on this day in our present time, as I'm writing this, this was happening. This and this and this." And if by that time they have no idea what I'm referring to on on their page, it's like they know they've been lied to mm-hmm. about whatever yep. took place in the 21st century. Or if they still get it in the 21st century, then it's like, of, but of this decade, the last decade. So it's like, please don't let these people lie because they have lied to, to us all. <laughs> <laughs> It's like one of them things that I kind of wish somebody had left me, like just a diary, something, just telling it. Those personal stories, like you said, you know, that just really gets you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I was just like, but it's a whole bunch of other stuff in there, too. I was just like, whatever pops into my mind, just put it in here. And I was just. Sitting up here with my mouth gaped open when you when you and Bill started talking about that. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I'm not the only person who's so, Yeah, it's something this. I've been wanting to do for years and years, but just got courage to talk about, you know, because it is, like I said, it's just narcissistic. Don't know that by weird. But, you know, you have to, they'll give you a year or two to think about what you're going to bury your, because it has to be something absolutely watertight and something mm-hmm. that's not going to, to get destroyed, you know, or break and let water into, and what if it does break and water gets into. So you have all these things to think about. You know, how are you going to preserve? What are you going to put it in that's going to last 2,000 years? Uh-huh. And it's, I've got, I have this antique, it's an, a round antique floor safe from the 1920s that my grandpa found along the railroad tracks after there was a, um, a train wreck. My grandpa uh-huh. found it and had it all these years, and I have it now. And it's this cement cylinder. It's a cement cylinder with the with a wood out sign, so it looks kind of like a barrel, but it's big, huge, and cement inside. And it's hollowed out, and it has a cement end, and it screws in with this cement thing and twists and locks. And so that's what I'm going to put mine in. Is my grandpa's uh-huh. old safe that he found on the railroad tracks, so it'll be watertight and safe. So yeah, it's going to be fun to think about what you're going to put it in. Yeah. Yeah, I still have no idea what I'm gonna put mine in and I have no clue where I'm gonna bury it. I love living in apartments and this ain't my property. So any apartment I live well, in. Well, you know, it's think about that's important. You know, so what I are you gonna put it in to bury it? And where are you going to bury it? What's the where significance? Am I bury it? Yeah. yeah. So, so I would pro- I mean, I keep thinking I'm gonna bury it where 
I think they're going to be messing with 2,000 years from now or 200 years from now or whatever, you know. So, like, in public parks or, you know, out in the woods on in a rural area by a growing town, you know, so when they put in that, that you know, housing project, how soon do you want it found? Where do you want it found? It's all so exciting. I hope other people are getting excited about the idea. Cause I'm, I'm, I hope so, yeah. too. That's why I wanted to talk to you about it. I said, okay. I was like, mm. that, <laughs> someone else besides me thought about this. Okay, this is beautiful. <laughs> we're I not love, alone. We're not alone. <laughs> no, no, we're not. I'm just saying, you over there in Oregon and Bill, he a Virginia too, just like me. And then we all sit up here thinking about the same thing. I love when stuff like that happens or it shows itself. But I hope everybody does think about doing that, at least one
you know, we think what the animals do, like, you know, jumping up and down on their nest seven times with a cherry in their beak is weird. You know, what would they think about our mating rituals? I mean, we go in and we have, you know, all this. <laughs> she, the, the, the female of the species goes in and slathers this crap all over her face and puts fake twigs on her eyelashes. And she takes that off of her ass and shoves it into her lips to give her that, you know. <laughs> the, the things that we do in our mating rituals. So that's what I've got one page in my in the journal that's talking about talking about that, talking about the, you know, we put ass fat in our lips to attract our mates. <laughs> oh my god! I've never had that done, but yeah, sure. yeah. Okay. Anyway, I like how you smooth, like like how you just slip that right on in right there. I've never had that done though. But I've never had that done. I think of the pictures I see, like the Cardassian girls with these freaking lips that look like big fat fifties tires. You know, mm, until, mm, until the mm. swelling goes down, they catch them just as they're coming out. You know, the, the, yeah, and they got huge lips, ass fat in your if mouth. That's yeah. still on a hundred years from now. I'm like, what the hell is wrong? <laughs> I should put that in my, I should put that in my, in my dental pad. Like, if the keeping up with the Kardashians is still on TV, and this oh, is God. at least, this is at least a hundred years after I was here, and the date that's in this dental pad. Write letters to cancel it. <laughs> oh my God! How much more can we take? Anyway, um, <laughs> I want to be rich and have a beautiful badunka dunk trunk so that I can have my own TV show. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Be nice. Okay. okay. So. What we live for. But um, let me see. Here's the poem. I know we took up a lot of time. We y'all. did. I'm sorry. But you shouldn't have said we, nothing about poetry time capsules. It's her I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mama's next, so I'm telling Mama I'm sorry. I'm going to get the next two cards. We have 216 and we have 407, and we have 484 who's not in the lineup. So 484, if you want to come on, press 1. Okay, I got that out of the way. All right, go Uh-oh. ahead and do your poem. I'm sorry. Yeah, hi, welcome to the show. Poem. I'm Hi, hi, sorry, Mama. Oh, okay, let me go ahead and do the poem real quick. Okay. She's going to spank us. And it's a short one, I promise. Um, which I know you don't like, but it's called the healing dance. So, um, okay. The beat got me now. I don't know how. I leap high. I touch the sky. In peace. That was beautiful. You know, I I see because you're every you'll do these sometimes, and I think of a stop animation. Like if you were to do a stick figure animation of that, so you had a video playing out, you know, fo- what you're doing in that poem, and then made a video of it with your spoken word underneath of it, you know, and, and narrated it kind of like a story, and then have the stick figure act out everything that's going on. I'm gonna be an amazing medium for you to mm-hmm. produce your poetry. Mhm. Mhm. Oh, which reminds me, you should probably leave like uh, a thumb drive with some of your spoken word poetry recorded on it, so it's in your voice, in your time capsule. You know what? Thank you. That's a good idea. That's yeah. A good idea. And by that time, by the time they find it, they're gonna, ooh, what's this cute little contract? Oh, I read about this <laughs> in the history book. 
Nicole, yeah, mine's going to start that. out so Nicole, sit back that. and get comfortable. This is going to take a while. <laughs> I know, right? We using microchips now. They got these darn, well, these things are huge. That's what they're going to probably see when they find it. We read about this in history. They call flash drives or whatever they call them. I know this so. mm-hmm. But that's it. And, um, my, I go ahead and tell everybody how to find me on Facebook, Tamiko, T-A-M-E-K-O, Barnett, with an E on the end, and um, PoetrySoup.com forward slash me forward slash T-A-M-E-K-O, one, three. And thank you so much for that riveting discussion on Poetry <laughs> We're just trying to promote this now. I'm really, it's something I'm very passionate about. It's an idea that is very, I I want, I don't want someone else. I mean, what if I did something that made me famous? You know, and and what made me think about this was that stupid kid that was killing kittens and then they found him over the internet. I saw that story the other day and I thought, that's horrible, you know. And so now, now now there's that recorded narrative, you know, of who he, he was. And it's like, you know, what would my recorded narrative be? If someone else made it about me, it's like I don't want to do that. I'm going to write my own obituary mm. that I want read at, at my funeral. <laughs> I mean, that's how controlling I, I am. <laughs> like, oh, I don't God. want cousin Mabel talking about the time I peed my pants in the barn when cousin Joey shoved a spider in my face. That's I not the story I want to have told. <laughs> I thought about that same thing. I'm like, so it's some stuff that I'm just like, they, it's some stuff they don't know, and some stuff that you know they go talk about. It's just like, and she just had a. I was like, no, 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 no. I write it myself, and then somebody. When it's it, all said so. and done, don't we honestly deserve the fast, the, the last word? Pretty much. It was my yeah. Life. So think about that, you guys. <laughs> it was my life. Yeah. I deserve the last word here. <laughs> I couldn't hardly get most of the words when I was here. Shit, I need the last mm-hmm. word when I go. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> girl, I that's enough time I didn't took up. But thank you so much, Nala. <laughs> thank you for You're the happy welcome. birthday wishes. I appreciate that. I'll talk to you next week. All right, sweetheart. Thanks, honey. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. So, yeah, I want to know what you guys think about this. Seriously, this this time capsule idea. What do you guys think? I think it's something that's a cool idea. All right, I'm going to go ahead and bring on area code 216. Mama, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm trying to get this poet in here. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on. But happy birthday, Tamiko. And anyone that can make Tamiko talk, I'm not going to be mad at them. <laughs> Does she not talk? No, you know how short her pieces are, and then that usually like two seconds. Uh huh. So for this her to open true. up and talk, yeah, you had her going. That's good. That's a good thing. Her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She does. She's amazing. Sometimes people don't listen when people talk slow. <laughs> they talk. <laughs> But yeah, she talked. You know, she talked that time, and she did a um, great job of expressing herself. I'm really, really happy for her. After you, mm-hmm. I can never be mad at you too. <laughs> so anyway, I'm trying to get this poet in here. Uh, he's so confused. He's he get, he's a beautiful poet, 
I read his poem on the other on another show the other night, and he sent me this note saying, "Precious, sweet mama, you are wonderful. You read that poem like you wrote it. I am so proud of your gift. All I can say is thank you. You gave my poem dimension. Your breath of life sang loud and clear. Bless you, dear, dear, sweet friend. Oh, that just laid me out. And that's a poet I just met. But I had his poems over in my archives page, uh, my favorite poems by other poets. That um, those are the poets I pick out that I like. You know, they might be famous, they might not be. But when I see one of their poems, I like it. I put it over there. Mm-hmm. And You're real good at doing that, and so is Michael Todd. Both of you guys are real good at sharing people like that. Yeah, well, I have a whole page, but he's been on the page since like 2014, and I just grabbed his poem the other day. It hit me, and I read it, and uh, he got a chance to hear the playback of it. He's just tickled. He's just like, what was that note? I'm saying, that's what I said. I never had anybody, you know, give me that type of uh, phrase for reading a poem. It was his poem, and I felt so good. And guess what else made it so special and unique? What's that? We we were born on the same day. <laughs> wow. I wish serendipitous. He said he's trying to call in, but he's listening to somebody named uh, Serious Radio. I don't know what that is. Okay, so. Um, yeah, make give sure you have the number. number. Real quick. 646. Okay. okay. 646. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I can hear you hitting the keys as you uh-huh. go. <laughs> Because I'm, because I'm doing, the, I'm doing, I'm not doing, I'm doing the on online keyboard. I don't have the regular keyboard. So let's make another point. Call now. <laughs> and and press. He don't know how to do it. He's a great poet. I really want everybody to meet him. He has some books on Amazon. What's his name? I'm trying to wait till he calls in to start saying his name. Dennis John. And he spells his name. Um, F-E-R-A-D-O. That's Ferrado, but it's with one R. Dennis John Ferrado. I can just get in there. Okay. Call in. He saw it. He's not even messy. Okay, he's calling him now. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, why, don't, why, don't, why don't you read for us while we're waiting? We, I'm telling him, we are <laughs> waiting. <laughs> yes, we are. For <laughs> <laughs> you. Okay, then. Okay, we go. Okay, so you see somebody calling right now, and I don't know what's the area code, so 
I'm going to go ahead and uh, his name is John. Uh, Dennis John Ferrado. Ferrado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're waiting on him. So now. Um, so journaling. <laughs> Hi, Mama. So journaling is a new thing now, huh? So what is? You said you want somebody to come on and do workshops, right? Yeah. Okay, talk about the stuff that he missed. He used to be calling. You see anybody calling right now? Not yet. We have a 407 on the air. I'm not sure if that's him or not, but we have 407. No, Agent, okay, four, that's right, Agent 407. I thought he would have called just now. It would have been just now. No. No. Nobody's on yet. So let's, let's let him off the hook and see if he can get called in. <laughs> and uh, have you read something for us. Okay. Okay, the poem I'm going to read, I just wrote it the other day, and so far um, it's been getting rave reviews, so I'll do it first time as a spoken word piece here. And this poem basically is about a woman that's been hurt all of her life, um, and the way she heals herself is she puts on red lipstick. And so the name of the piece is called Cold Red Lipstick. Cold Red Lipstick. Let me see what he's saying. He says, trying, trying. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can try to call a number, okay? All right, here we go. Cold Red Lipstick. Noble Flower Petal. Tear Duck. Permanently swollen from too much stolen joy. She is the last petal hanging onto the stem of her life. Though strong and delicate, nothing makes sense anymore. She's been battered in the ferocious wind. She has bobbed and weaved too long. Bob's been weaved too long. She's numb, unable to hear your so-called love calls. She's beaten and withdrawn. Who cares to hear that too little, too late apology? The big smile, the laughter, the gleam in her eyes, gone. You snuff out lights and broke hearts. Bringer of relentless pain. Stop being unwilling to change and unwilling to stop doing what you know hurts the family. You get pitifully upset when she won't let you back into the place that she has to protect. She has to protect what is left for the children's sake, for sanity, for life's sake, for goodness' sake, but mostly for the children. 
You shall be held accountable. And only God can fix this broken love because damage has been done. Be still. Change and pray. But mostly pray. That's the only way. Stop trying to get her to let her guards down unless you know that you will be the one to protect and no longer there to wreck. Code. Red lipstick in peace. <laughs> you know, I love the power the uh, the power of lipstick. There is power in lipstick. You know that that I used to have a friend all the time that would tell me he'd say, "Little sister, little sister, baby, <laughs> ain't nothing so bad in the world that the change of a shade of your or changing the shade of your lipstick can't fix." Ain't nothing so bad in the world that changing the shade of your lipstick can't fix. That was a very sobering piece. Um, very, a lot of emotion in that one, Mama. It was really strong. He says he's on. <laughs> okay, open his thing. I don't know what number he is. I see him. He's calling in on Skype or something like that or on a... Oh. I see him. I see him. So he's well, got, I've got one caller before him, and then we'll be bringing him on. Bringing who on? Say his name so he can know what you're saying. He, I don't know what his name is. You haven't told me. Oh, you did tell me. John. <laughs> Den, no, Dennis John. De, yeah, him. Say it, say it nice. Dennis John Ferrado. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Right. I've been schooled. He's not really <laughs> All right. I'm okay. staying on the line. I'm on the open line, but I'm staying on the phone. All right. You gonna tell everyone how to find you, Mama? Uh, Facebook and on here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Vicky Aqua, you guys. <laughs> Vicky Aqua. All right. We'll come back to you in a little bit, Mama. Right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. I love my Mama. All right. Area code agent 407. Hello, Nyla. <laughs> How you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing fine, and you? I'm doing really good. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, well, it's good to be back. Uh, I got a piece I want to share tonight. It's called uh, Pain. You got to introduce Dang. yourself. I got to introduce yourself. Okay. This is Raymond. You can find me on Facebook at Raymond Bentley. I do a little writing. I've been doing it for probably about 20 years now. Um, I tend to write whatever's on my head, you know. Most of the time it has a lot to do with uh, spirituality, uh, emotions, feelings drama, whatever. And sometimes it just comes and it just holds and it, it'll it stay for months, okay? And sometimes I find myself editing for months a lot of the stuff that I write. But this particular piece called The Pain Stain I wrote maybe about 10 years ago. 
and it's uh, it goes like this: the pain stain on my heart and on my brain is a diabolical fang that drastically detains the area of being free in me. Diligence withdrew from my destiny to the pain stain surrounding me. Going to remain on my brain and cling to the chronicle of a chemical called migraine. Well, I know it. I just do. Champing in the cause of the pain on my heart. Searching for light's clarity in the dark by sparks about the satin's dust. The pharaohs are calling out to lavish in love with me. Just a photocopy in the banks of my memory. Apostrophe hyphen, apostrophe dig me. I can say what I damn well need and please. Pain is here to remain without my making. The fool of me, you see, the stain, the hell out of me. For I want my damn thing Satan stole away. I want my persona back today. Listen and hear me when I say the stain of pain and do it over in the right damn way. No lapping up the crumbs ration for today in which we lay with the pain stain of invisible matter. And it's destined to detain the core that love comes from. Stop. I'm going to explode a major vessel. There's got to be a better way. The hope manifesting in imagination ain't getting it. A facade ain't getting experience and comfort nowhere or around it. I'm calling things clear, believing it is, even when it isn't as peripheral clear as it seems, and watching it become the envy of me. It's frightening and slick. It's the pain stain on my heart and on my brain causing a coronary collision, just trying to ascertain where the core of love comes from. When the God created the stain that pains on my heart, encompassing my all, it's the proverbial sum that has the flesh so damn numb. A pulsating pulpit feeding on the intellectual order of anointed when enticing the organs of thought to determine if the predetermined list is an act of order or not, mistaken for something cast so far out and into never even. There it was. I want out. I want out, I want out. It's too much for the dust I come from. Beholding to a form of benefit from the perspective of the pirate. So, so belligerent. Can't for the life of me figure it. While got me thinking, thinking, and thinking. Mars is the place for me. Feel my pain, see my stain. Oh, I forgot. That's exclusively for a wonderful work like me, fragile but free, to storm a legion for great distances about the shores of poetic beaches, and by its nobility does it then grace the encompassing sands of the new Normandy, fortunate and free to be, frankly, forested in a fossil called flesh, thus fervently 
a fragrance is so also visited by the pain life calls me. By name, it pains me. My friend who befriends me, the pain stain, where I met a man when he met me, a man I thought I'd never be, free from the pain stain life has caused me, and man enough to the new beginning, pain stain free. That's pain stain. You all want to share that with you tonight, and uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you, Nyla. Appreciate your show. Uh, this is we Raymond. appreciate you, Raymond. Okay. It's great being here. You can reach me at Raymond Bentley on Facebook. Um, and hopefully I'll get with you guys on next week. <laughs> Cannot wait. Thank you, sweetheart. Great shares tonight. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, sweetheart. All right. That was Mr. Raymond. Let's go ahead and grab, I believe that this is Dennis John Ferrando. Let's see. We have a Skype caller, a digital caller. Hello, are you with us? Uh, yes, Dennis John Ferrando. <laughs> Hello, how are you, sweetheart? It's good to meet you. Oh, I'm Mom, fine. Mama yeah. gave you quite an introduction. Mama's such a doll, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I can be found on Facebook. My name is Dennis John Ferrado, F-E-R-A-D-O. And I'd like to read a poem called Like We Treat Mother Earth. Okay? Okay, please. You, you've taken the land. Now look what you've done. Poisoned the waters and blocked out the sun. The trees are all dying, leaves turning brown. The lakes are all drying, see the scorched ground. Water and faucets in many small towns. It's unthinkable, it's undrinkable. What comes from the spout is oily and green, then turns to fire in a sci-fi dream. Carbon monoxide has filled up our lungs. People all over the world are unstrung. Birds continue to fall out of the sky. Before they hit ground, they've already died. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oceans are gagging. They're all overused. They cough up dolphins and whales all confused. Fish eating plastic, their lives are cut short. Oceans keep on growing, flooding the ports. Islands drowning. Drowning. Soon they'll be un. Soon they'll be underneath, ice that is melting, a none to complete, mercury gaining and toxic galore. You see the scum washed up on the shore, man killing man, and our globe is a fire. Slaughter for land is man's one desire. My God's a good God, he's righteous in all. Your God is no God, I swear he shall fall. Stealing young children from schools where they learn, rape and then sell them, unlearn what they've learned. Children all over us starving to death. They suffer the worst. Their futures are dead. Young girls are tossed into slavery's lair. Young boys violated in pedophiles' care. Women are treated like they lack a soul. They're hanged and they're burned, then dumped in a hole. They're scorned and they're stoned. 
and treated like foe. They love and give birth to all whom we know. They nurture and give for all that they're worth, yet we treat them like we treat Mother Earth. That's the end. That was phenomenal. Well, I can thank see, you, you know, the, the piece that Mama shared of yours and, and hearing you read that, I can see why she was very excited and very anxious to have you come share with us. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate You're welcome. That. I love the whole concept of that piece. I was, you know, when you're you're reading through that, I was thinking, you know, of all the damage and all the things that are done, you know, to. It's horrible. It's like clear cutting. I see clear cuts and I get so violently angry. I don't know what it is yeah. about clear cutting a forest down. And I was sitting there, maybe because I spent so much of my childhood in the forest, but you know, every tree has its own song in the wind. You know, if you close your eyes, you can identify what tree the song is coming from by the way its leaves and branches move. They all have a different song. They all move in a different way. And so I I love the forest and, and I see, I, you know, see those clear cuts and they make me so mad. And then they, I see these little tiny puny trees that they, uh, that they plant, you know, they're replacement trees, they're reforesting, you know, and, and they're, the thing that's bad about those is they only plan on letting those trees grow for an X amount of years. And basically they've just created a lumber farm is what they've done. You know, they've cut oh, down yeah. old growth and created, created a lumber farm. Those trees will never grow up or never have a chance to grow up to be old growth until we're gone. And so I'm sitting there and I felt so sad and outside at home, outside my office window was a spruce tree. And during the windstorms, that grandma spruce, she danced. It was the most beautiful. I could, was just memorized mesmerized by the movement and I was looking at those little trees and it made me want to cry I mean I seriously teared up and it was like who's going to teach them how to dance when there's no grandmothers left who's going to teach these trees how to dance and so I wrote a piece about teaching the trees to dance just about that whole but about that whole concept of you know when there's no more grandmothers who will teach the trees to dance I'll tell them. Oh, I'll keep the stories alive. I'll I'll tell their grandmas, tell about their grandma's dance, you know. And I and, and in the poem, I I stand up and I wave I wave my arms in the air, showing them how they're supposed to dance when they get big, because there's no old trees left. So, the that really connect your piece really connected with me on that level, on that passionate level of message, and I thought it was phenomenal. Is what I'm trying to Thank say. You. I just said it in a long you. way. <laughs> <laughs> how do you? You know that. Nyla. Oh, Nyla. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got it. Yep. And when you're reading the piece, too, I thought, do you realize, Dennis, that it was only 214 years ago was when Lewis and Clark hit the Pacific Coast? 214 years. Think how old this planet was. And when Lewis and Clark came over to the east or the west coast 214 years ago, that's like three lifetimes, guys. That's not very long. This was a, the craziest, wildest, pristine land full of things that they'd never even conceived of. And look what it is now. Think about Los Angeles. That's what we have done to this land in 214 years. So the message, the urgency of the message in your poem, you know, when you put it in that context, is, is, is pretty profound. I'm glad you really liked it. Thank you. I did. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Can I read, can I read another short one? Yes, you may. Of course. Okay. 
um, called the conductor. He is a dam through which all sounds enter, wrapped in blue evenings, twinkling shawl. The river glides, sings a wordless tune, something forgotten, no longer recalled. The sublime voice of the universe howls. The river now sways in step with the moon. It cares for nothing, keeps bad company. Trees' voices take flight in a lyrical croon. The stars are alighted in brisk harmony. Rustling bushes rumble in low bass notes. The grass sings tenor in their new green coats. The strains of this music weave savage-like. The west wind humming, sky-flashing lightning. The coal-cracked concrete path is now frightened. Bright rods of musical tones stun the night. Oh, soulful tune conducted by Triton. That's it. <laughs> uh, dramatic ending. <laughs> uh, Dennis, it is so good to meet you, and I'm really glad that Mama sent you our way. Now we've got some of our uh, some of our our most amazingest family members. Mama has sent over here. So you're in good company, and uh, we just appreciate her. We appreciate you being here. We hope that you've enjoyed it, and we'll come back and share more of your work with us because we would love to have you uh, get to know you and your work better. It was just a fantastic job, and, and it was a privilege. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nyla. I will come back, <laughs> yes. We would love to have you. Let me uh, hang on, hang on one second. I'm going to unmute Mama real quick. So she can say hello to you because we still have her on the line. Mama, are you available? Yes, I am. I am almost in tears. That was so beautiful. And also, I told you that we were both born on March 25th. So that is why the attraction, he's also an astrologer. And that attraction to his pieces, because, you know, I had the peace conflicts and farting cows, remember? Yes. About the classic. <laughs> Yeah, we're both born on March 25th. Isn't that amazing? That is very, very yeah, type, very cool. Yeah, the same type of interest. I, I, we write about the same things. That poem that you did um, about the ecosystem and everything that's going on, I have one called Conflicts and Farting Cows. If Nyla will let me read it to you, I'll read it to you. Is she Go ahead. Time? Okay. Then this is called Conflicts and Farting Cows. Plastic is confronting the planet with her, with this bio-war. I have deduced Earth's health is threatened. Garbage makers who crave farting cows and demand that we should breed them so they can eat them. Why should you be fed cows? They eat our grass and kill us. They kill our trees, contaminating breeds. Why should you crave cows with their emitting gases? You and the big red cups and those white styrofoam plates, you are the worst of the lot. You, the garbage makers, earth disturbers. I hate seeing you sitting by the sea with those deadly cups, buoyancy of bobbing red and blue plastic cups bouncing on the waves. I feel we need to take the power back, you beef eaters. 
are killing us with your desirous cows. So if we are at the breaking point and need to accidentally on purpose do what we have to do to save Mother Earth from a fate worse than death, I'm talking extinction, garbage makers who make use of the non-bio, who won't make use of the non-biodegradable garbage causing global warming and dead oceans, earth disturbers, garbage makers, you with the insatiable appetites for eating farting cows. You have, you who have no intention to change, listen to this verse. So much confusion in the streets and everywhere. Fluoride, fluoride in the water, asbestos paint with lead. They ask, are you sick in the head? Maybe, I said. Surprise, I'm not dead. Living with this madness and eating bad. Plastic rice and cabbage, baked chicken and tomatoes with dung from fishes. All kind of strange dishes. But the farting cows you crave is taking us to early graves. From their millions of farts comes the carbon emission, killing the grass, trees, and other living things. I'm not kidding. This is the beginning of Armageddon. Few choices left at best. Grow your own. If you can't find true seeds, oh, my bad, Monsanto owns those. The bases are covered. The board is a stalemate. The soil, the water are both contaminated. Anyway, I have told you before, so I so why am I talking, wasting ink, wasting my breath, and wasting my air? If you think, it seems your body really don't care. As long as you can drink slop from a big red cup and eat cows from styrofoam plates as a pond, you'll scratch your butt and yawn, feeling like life is great, but there you sit and wonder why there is so much confusion everywhere. I have an idea that would help us survive. Let them stop eating the cows and make rawhide because if the demand is low, they won't keep breeding. So let the ranchers know, your cows we won't be eating. Then tell the litter makers, we only eat on paper. We only drink from clay or glass cups. We won't be damaging those convenient things you're making, demanding those those inconvenient things you're making. These plastic foams that put the chokehold on Mother Earth, well, there. Now I've told you for whatever, for whatever it may be worth. There's more to the saga, so please do some research. In peace. Absolutely beautiful, Mama. Dennis, I want you to comment on that for her, please. Oh, I love it. It's, it's just perfect. It's, oh, Mama, you're terrific. <laughs> it's so vital, too. It's a vital poem. But it's just the very, fact very that we have the same ideals in our poetry. We're trying to do something with our poetry that, like, people just don't see. It's just really necessary. We have to say these things. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I don't think anything happens by chance. For me to meet someone as remarkable as you, and for you to meet my daughter Nyla there and uh, come on the program, I'm just I'm elated. So I appreciate it. Uh, oh, hopefully, I'm so glad you asked me. I sent you the address. 
Tell me about your book. Oh, my book is, uh, I only have a few left. It's called uh, Time and Again. Time on Hand. Time on Hand, I'm sorry. Time on Hand. And the title comes from when we retired, we came down to San Antonio, and I had time on my hand to write the book. So that's where the title comes from. And uh, it collects 80 poems and two short stories. Wow. And it, it, you were, it was online and it was on uh, in Barnes & Noble and Amazon, but no more. It sold out, and my publisher has gone out of business. So I, I'm stuck. I got a few copies left, and that's it. So what should he do, Nyla? I'm sorry, Mama? I'm asking Nyla, what should you do to get them back in print again? Because um, when I went to Amazon, there was still some there, but he says they're yeah. out of print now. So how, what should he do? All, all you have to do is do a, uh, um, what is it called? Revised a revised edition. Add something to it. Just republish it. Second edition. Oh, just go to somebody else though, because he's he's out of business now. Well, yeah. I'd have, I'd have to find. Yeah. Okay, yes, so that's what we do. I would add a little something and then have it republished. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you can self-publish. Oh, I could self-publish too, huh? Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Kind of slow to the whole thing, you know. I don't. I'm lucky. I got got you online. Mama had to guide me through it to, to figure <laughs> out how. To do it. <laughs> you know, I need a ten-year-old to show me what to do. I know, right? You know? When did that happen? That's horrible. I know exactly oh, what you're talking about. I don't know how to do this and ask my grandson. <laughs> and he's four. Right. <laughs> They're little geniuses, you know. <laughs> I have a two-year-old granddaughter, and she sits there with her iPad, just 90 miles an hour, two, and oh. she can, and she's playing this little game on on this iPad, and she's two. It it's blew so my mind. Right. It blew my mind. Blew my mind. The name of the program you're on, and you can also go to Nyla Alicia and befriend her, and uh, she will give you some pointers on uh, what to do. You might want to even come back and do a work, do a workshop for Nyla. Uh, are you on Facebook, Nyla? I am. Yes. Oh, Nyla, okay. it's NYLA, like New York, Los Angeles, NYLA, and Alicia. <laughs> okay, terrific, terrific. Yeah. And, and every... What what night are you on? I mean every Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Oh, Fridays. Now tomorrow tomorrow is another show that just I'm trying to get you to come on, but you got to go. It's altogether different setup, so don't we're not even. I'll I'll talk to you privately about that because it's altogether oh. different. I I just wanted this to be a test run. So would you? you know, I'm glad <laughs> I was out there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mama. We're the test run. <laughs> Aren't you always? I'm, I'm always bringing you. I, I like being. I like being the comfortable place. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I have your page. Uh, does it I say just sent welcome? you. A, I just sent you a friend's request. Okay, great, great. I see it. Okay. okay. Well done. Thank you again. Thank you, Nyla. You're welcome, Mama. You guys are very welcome. 
<laughs> we'll talk to you soon, sweetheart. Thank you. Good night. Good night. All right. Let's go ahead and bring on area code two. Oh, come on, guys. There we go. 203. 203, are you with me? Hey, this is Rome. Hey, Rome. How are you, sweetheart? I'm good. How are you doing tonight? I am doing awesome. You know, every time you say Rome, I, I think about, you know, you're out roaming around, and then immediately my brain goes to Roman, 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 keep that poet, Roman, Roman. <laughs> and if anyone knows that tune, they know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, uh, That's good. I'm just chilling tonight. I'm glad I was able to call it and catch you. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, me too. Makes me, me happy. Too. So, uh, what have you been doing for? What have you been doing creatively so far in 2020? What's going on in your life? Oh man, you know, I'm just enjoying life as I always do. You know, I have. I was able to. I mean, you know, the poetry club in New York City called New Yorkian Poets Cafe. Mm-hmm. I got to check that out. Uh, Last month on my birthday, you know, that was a great thing that I finally got to see that because I've been invited out there before, uh, but, you know, because I've never read on stage before, you know, but I have read, like, in front of people, like, in the streets and stuff like that, roaming around, but never, like, on stage in a setting like that, uh, so, you know, it was nice to, like, get a feel for it, uh, and I look to go back again to actually finally you know, do something, but it was fun. It was a great night, you know, so that was, you know, uh, one thing different and new for me, you know. Yeah, anyone who anyone who uh, gets a chance to go to New York should go check that place out. It's really amazing. It's on the, uh, it's like a, a culture icon um, on the east side, lower east side in New yeah. York. Yeah. And don't, And don't be me. Don't take so long because, you know, it was very nerve-wracking for me, you know. But, you know, you go there, and then you'll you'll come to find, like, oh, man, I'm, like, amongst friends. Everyone is just like me. And then, you know, people are just so brave, even, like, newcomers. Like, they have segments. They'll be, like, open mic. They'll be, like, yeah, sign up. You know, not to say, like, it just how brave you see other people are definitely brings you comfort, you know, because sometimes it it could be a little cringeworthy, but – you also, you know, you're excited for the person, too. But you're like, ooh, I wouldn't have done it if it was mm-hmm. me. But then you're like, wow, that's so brave for them to do that. You know, I respect that. Forget all that. <laughs> so it's definitely fun. You get to link up with a lot of people, writers, photographers, you know, all young, old, all different ages. So it's just, you know, nice atmosphere. Very nice. Yeah. There's a place I used to perform in downtown Portland called the Om Nightclub, which was real similar to that place. Oh. Um, it was you a little bit bigger than, yeah. So this was it was a little bit bigger than the one in New York, but it really just the whole atmosphere really reminded me. Wow. Well, yeah. You gotta talk to me about that place, because my dad lives in Portland actually, and uh, Portland, Maine, right? No, Oregon. No. Okay. I'm West All Coast. Right. There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> had to make see. Boy, I got too far. I had to clear that one up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that we did because it was like yeah sure um, alright cool never mind then <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't go there on that one then yeah I'm sure I'm sure that that Maine's uh, 
pretty much. They say something really weird. I can't remember what it was. Where they say eh or something like that. I don't remember. I know because my dad came with me to check out the New York Recon's Promo Cafe. And he actually started, like, talking with, like, the event person that set up that particular show for that night. And he was like... He like he he liked the guy so much and how he performed. Like my dad doesn't do poetry. It was like his first time in one of these places. And he's like, man, I want to bring you. Like he was so inspired. He's like I want to want you to come down to Maine so I could. So he's been <laughs> trying to like find places in Maine and stuff. Like so the guy could come over there and do it. <laughs> That's it. so. And then when you said that, I was like, oh man, great. No, so but no, Oregon. Different. <laughs> Very different. I live inside an oyster's mouth. Oyster. You know, it's weird the way we. No, I grew up saying oyster, pearl. and that's wrong. It's oyster, and I say oyster. Oh, yeah. I pronounce it wrong because of you know. That's why I talk about you know the dialect. That there's a definite main dialect up there that's pretty awesome. Well, you're a pearl. So, you <laughs> Thank it you. I love sense. you. You're so good to me. <laughs> <laughs> you're so sweet. All yes. right, Rome. I'm going to ask where they can find you just because I like to hear the answer. Oh, well, you could always find me here, the place to be, you know, when I'm roaming around and I find home. Here I am. And, you know, I I did bring a piece for you as well. Okay. Yeah. You know, a piece I brought for you is called Into You. So, Ready? Please, yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> Shaded stencils ravish the core. Bleeding of the single layered, peeled back, lies alone in the compost, hoping to see life again. Grown from the singularity, life is lived. As such, the shine attracted the slither. Sensual holds of death, constantly contradicting, constricting a normal breath. Sighs of relief, seeking cover. For what was once an absolution, grew confusion exposed. Yet wanting still to see what was known but never saw. Who pulls the string to the music that serenades the lust? Whispers brighter pitches for sinners. Illustria across my visions. What makes it chase my bad decisions? What seed to plant when doubt was heavy? Still lies the same or rather back of belly. My will to wither into hers. Kept to thrill forever more content. More such to less she not preferred. The broken promises of a surge repent. A better worse was best, a broken promise to ourselves was foolish pride we fed. To hope for better in our blinded bliss, it took the dark to find a lover. So a rain begins begins to soak a page that bleeds the ink as we absorb each other. And peace. I love it. And I, you know, again, just absolutely the, the amazing lyrical quality of your writing is just phenomenal, sweetheart. Thank you very much. You are much so welcome. indeed. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, Do you have another one to read with us first tonight? Uh, yeah, sure. It's the one I just wrote tonight uh, uh, for a contest, uh, just an into a darkness type of piece, a dark piece. And uh, I went with this here. I call it a Refuge of a Lost Mind. Mellow malice echoed screams, the ember aura of the flames that flickered. Blue just as the wind had lifted feet from all the current. Certain steady stills that chilled the earth of bumps along my skin from being touched by satin sheets that swing from mouths of pain. So slightly open on the walls, the breath of life inhaled all of me. To run a moment still as such, be frozen with the crave to listen more. What led me deeper through the hall? 
was subtle as the tears losing motion down a fall the taste of salt the hint of life was not a dream awake was like a thousand dozens of a grain of sand slipping through grass that fingers make the sheets to cover wishing not to see but air was not to be the shield but wants to be revealed breast to be the prisoner of my own flesh I saw the ceiling once pass quicker than I feel I blink like spinning, felt like pitches taken. Butterfly discomforts, drops get deeper. Past the moons we live in feels like death to me. Steps that seep to more forever, squeeze through corridors with blood seeps through the walls to paint the mirrors of our true endeavors. Human errors face corrections led astray from what's accepted. Consent to stay as a resident and hopes to set me straight, a jacket beats my fashion. Just a shock as a ways to settle my reactions. Left to out his own mental talent projected from the world that's on the asylum and peace. Absolutely awesome. I love Thank it when you, you come by much. here. You know that? I love to come. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you so much, sweetheart. I didn't hear that a bad I wasn't even going to go there, but you had to, right? <laughs> yeah. and I saw you call it subtly, but I was like, damn. And that's why you laughed, but I was like, damn, I didn't even mean it like that. So. Oh, Nyla, <laughs> get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, right? Okay, no, we're good. All right, sweetheart, fantastic job once again. appreciate you so much. Appreciate you. Appreciate the platform. And we will talk to you next week, hopefully. Well, indeed. Have a blessed night. You too, sweetheart. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I am going to try to bring on 815. I'm having some issues with the board, guys. Let's see if I can get... 815, are you with me? 815. It's Gina Storm. Yes, I'm here. Hey, Gina, how are you, my love? Ma, I got a Gina Storm. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> What'd you tell her? <laughs> that I have the Gina Storm. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm, I got a I'm Gina, Gina now, Mom. Home. Come I'm on. I got my Gina on. <laughs> right, right. And and she knew I was going to put this hat on in a sec. I just happened to hear 815, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> Well, I welcome you to the show. How is your man doing tonight? Happy to be here. I brought him along as well, King's Cave. I am well. I am well. Hello, dear man. How are you? You're well. You just said that. I knew that. It's good to hear from you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's good <laughs> to be heard. Good to hear from you. Oh, babe, so what well, do you guys have it. for it? Okay, Nyla. Yeah, Nyla, look, he did something spectacular. He had these two pieces, and he didn't know which he wanted to share. One is called Sometime, and the other one is called Nature's Kiss. Well, he made Sometimes Nature Kiss, one piece. <laughs> I saw it. I, I just saw it, like, literally just texted to me. I'm like, woohoo, let's go. <laughs> yes. I'm excited. Please, Kate, when you're ready. Okay. All right. All right. Sometimes it's nature's kiss. (laughs) I like it. All right. Sometimes birds fly into the light. They sung the songs. Their voices have carried strongs. And it's not that something was wrong. It was just time. Her wings spread and beat to the clouds. 
feathers slick back as she's singing out loud. Heart pounding, she darts through parts of shadow skies with a loving spark and soaring. Her spirit roaring as she ascends into the light of morning. Her glare warming through triumph as she refused to heed any negative warnings. In the sight, my God, is so beautiful. We cry and the tears are still pouring, catching the winds as she spins over and over again. There is no doubt as she gets to her final stop that she will be able to get in. And finally, there's no hurting. No more questions, no more searching. All is finally revealed, and you'll find peace, and I'm so certain. Cradle in Jesus' arms, comfort you face the toughest. Trusting that you've done it in the last before all this human angel is wanted. I simply wave goodbye as I no longer can follow you with my sight. And sometimes, just sometimes, little birds fly off into the light. And love just is. The morning sun warming, caressing the faces of everything. The young basking in a shine that appears everlasting as they run void of cares and of any dangers that are not aware. Mother and father shoulder to bother when trouble lurks and the sun kisses the water. And playing ensues, no worries. They all scary because we're all in a happy mood. Let it be peaceful. True calmness exists. If you blink, you might miss it. That's the showing of nature's kiss. Every day of my life, I need a memory that's going to help me on to the next day. Sometimes the moment that I'm living in has pain that's so great, I need to find a way to escape. So nature's kiss reminds me when my eyes open and the sun is shining, when I hear birds outside and they're singing songs that seem like they were made for me, they're telling me to wake and greet the day. So I do right away. And I spend the whole day doing things that make me happy. I smile while I'm cooking and I dance while I'm cleaning. I do these things because there have been so many times in my life that all I knew was sadness, hurt, pain, and crying. I want to set an example for Famous three children in my life. They're my grands, you see, and they mean the world to me. And so as they're baby birds sitting at my feet, I allow them to feed. I want to nourish them with wisdom, with grace and mercy. I want them to be quenched. I want their thirst to always be sated. I want them to realize that life is what you make it. Rise with me in the morning. Greet the day as I do. And when you're tired in the end of the day and the moon has risen, lie down. And before you pray, thank God for all of the beauty he provides for us each and every day. He's King's Cadence. I'm Gina Storm. Together with Storm's Cadence. And that's our piece. Absolutely beautiful, you two. That was incredible. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. You're Thank very you. welcome. We love you guys. Seriously, it's so good. I just I get so happy when I hear from you guys. I look forward to Thursdays. Honestly, um, I host a show every other Wednesday night, and you would think that this was mine. Like I literally live for the Speakeasy Cafe. I think that it's an eclectic. <laughs> 
and diverse group of really it's an eclectic and diverse group of poets who come on and share poetry of every genre. Um, everyone has a talent and a gift of their own, and they're happily sharing with you because you're a beautiful person and you encourage you. And we want to make you happy as well. So Aww, it's a win. I love you guys. Come <laughs> love you. All choked up. <laughs> hey, do you guys want to? Do you guys want to do a second piece tonight? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Baby, let's do oh, Dear yeah. Love. Do the Dear Love that you read me right before uh, we called. I don't know where it is. Oh, you don't know? You can find I mean, it? I was, I was doing a computer search, and I oh. had it at that moment. Um, I think it's the saying. Not, no worries, no worries. Hold on. Mm-hmm. We're, um, dun, dun, dun. We'll do Love oh, on the My pressure, Mind. The pressure, the oh, pressure. I love, love it. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, hold on, hold on. He can get ready immediately, and what I tell him is because I freestyle, I stay ready. I don't have to get ready. So let's go. This piece is called On My Mind? Yeah, love on my mind. Love on my mind, absolutely. Oh, I love this. Okay. All right, here we go. Aside from these obvious stretches of false poetry sexing that I've been hearing, on such a constant, it should have been perfected by now. You know, I could actually give some of you a lesson, but that's not the point of what I'm actually stressing. See, I've got love on my mind. I got those goosebumps from memories of last touches, connection completely rendered easy, my loving her as easy as breathing. Little things like how I guard her while sleeping and we switch ships and drift into the distance on the trails of goodnight kisses. Endless hours of planning and jousting to understand each other and limit the doubting. I'm smitten by her smiles casted, as I say, one of many things that keeps her laughing. And my God, I love her happy. She's traveled miles to lay alongside me when people closer wouldn't even try to find me. So I'm left with no worries. My vision is tunneled. It's not scary. I just wanted you to know in case I haven't expressed it a hundred times, I will forever try. Simply because I have love on my mind. When I think about you, I have love on my mind all the time. It's one of those things that I like to constantly rewind. See, I go back into a place where I was with you and you were with me, and we were in that love bubble, you see. I put my tiny hand inside of your large one, and I knew for the first time ever what it felt like to be safe. I'll be honest with you, safety is amazing, and I wouldn't trade it for silver or gold. And I've been told that true love existed until I met you. I only thought it was something that people said, but now I know it's real. My heart beats with your heartbeat, and I inhale your exhale. I think the thought that you're thinking before you can say it, I'm speaking, and we are connected that way. It's a beautiful thing, you see. I appreciate the yin and the yang, the ebb and the flow of you and me. And I keep love on my mind, too. You make it easy. He's King's Cadence. I'm Gina Storm. Together with Storm's Cadence. Once again, that's our piece. That was beautiful. You know, and I, I love that you just flip yours out like that, like, eh, I'm just going to freestyle. Yeah, here it is. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Say whatever you want, baby. I'll just come back with something. <laughs> I don't care. I'll be, I'll be there. Right, right. <laughs> don't worry. I, mean, I got honestly, you back. I swear. <laughs> 
I know it might sound that way. It might. It really it might sound that way. But oftentimes, if he sends me the piece ahead of time, I reread his piece as he's reading it, and literally the words come to me. So mm-hmm. I, when I say this, and people often hear me say it, that he lays the foundation for the house that love built. He makes it possible for me to do what I do so effortlessly. His, his poetry and his pen is amazing. So even if I didn't write my half of the collab, um, they still fit together like puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to have a woman think of you this way? Uh, it's, it's beautiful. And uh, what I really, what really gets me is I never really know where she's going to come from because, you know, she broke in the song today and that's a rarity. Oh, yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, we singing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, I she's doing the green do caprice that. today. I'm good with that. <laughs> never know what to expect. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, storms are unpredictable. This is true. Yeah, this is true. I'm the, yeah, I'm the singer of the two, and I don't do it because, you know, yeah, baby, I don't want, I don't want her to chop nobody in the throat. So. You know what? I haven't throat punched in the new year, and um, that's a goal of mine to to be throat punch free in 2020. But you know, <laughs> one of those things, right? like. <laughs> You sing, and somebody's got just one extra thing to say, and the next thing you know, I'm punching somebody in the throat. So, yeah, we just we'll keep that. I want 2020 to be throat punch free. Oh, my God. I I really want that as a bumper sticker. I really yeah. need that. Or or as a T-shirt. That has to be on a, something. My New Year's Today resolution this year is to have it be throat punch free. Throat punch free. I, I posted this on my Facebook and my mom was laughing when she saw she's Oh my God, this sounds like you. Rock, paper, scissors, throw punch. And I said, Mom, <laughs> I, I said, Mom, I posted that. She said, Oh, you sure did. I, she said, Because it sounded so much like you. All I could think was. And that's, oh, that's how so she funny. put somebody in the throat. Right. And you know the funny thing about that is you just, you can't come back from a throw punch. Like, you just know retort. You can't speak. If you were going to um, retaliate, you can't do it immediately. So, yeah, there's there's so many ways in which one wins with a throw punch. So, yeah, mm. people, you know, learned it along the way. Life lesson, you know. I, I'm feeling the throat punch, <laughs> like Bob. I, said, I, I throw understand. Punch free. <laughs> throw punch free, 2020. Just trying. I'm just, I'm just trying. I'd have made it 23 days, you know. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I expect constant updates. Oh, and I will have to keep them regularly because trust me, it's hard. <laughs> My instinct is usually to punch <laughs> and then to throw directly. <laughs> I'm just seeing it now. I mean, I'm, I'm actually have a visual, so yeah, that's funny. Never good, never good. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to be a role model, not just an adult. So we um. <laughs> We're the Poets Who Love Poetry. Of course, we'll be back next Thursday. We love you. Yes, dear. Why don't you tell them where you're going to be and and what you do and and where to find you? Oh, yeah. Um, Gina Storm, G-E-N-A, Storm, like inclement weather. uh, It's my Facebook. Gina Storm, Spoken Word Freestylist is my artist page. Storm's Cadence is our combined artist page. King's Cadence, spelled creatively with the K, is his Facebook and our page on YouTube is Storm's Cadence as well. 
also on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm going to be hosting at Epiphany on Saturday night, Sensual and Romantic Saturdays with Murder, She Wrote, and Gina Storm. I'm bringing King Cadence along. And then I will be hosting at O&E next Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the perfect weather. I am your host, Gina Storm, the champion. Um, so I, I can come over there and read I can come over there and read my erotica that I'm I can't read on this show. Absolutely. Send me an invite. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I know potty words. Absolutely. Just because I'm a nun on this show doesn't mean I always wear my habit. <laughs> right, right. I am multifaceted, you guys. I have moves you've not even there seen yet. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like, like, you said, you wear, I, like I was telling my mom because she was in the getting in the bathtub and I was becoming Gina Storm. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I had to put my Gina Storm hat on because I wasn't wearing it. <laughs> even nuns are naked at some point. Absolutely. So right. please come and share with us. <laughs> Make sure you post the information for that on the page because we've got a lot of poets who like writing the erotica and and uh, but since you can't read it here, it's really good for them to have some place to take that because we've got some real talented writers. So make sure you post the information for that show on my page. Absolutely, without a doubt. Very we'll cool. see you next Thursday. It'll be great having you on that. I can't wait. All right, sweetheart, we'll talk to you guys then. Thank you, King. It was good to hear from you, Thanks. honey. Uh, good to hear from you too. Bye-bye. One love, one love. As I love them. Okay. I am having some real serious issues with the board here, you guys, and with calls getting in. So I am going to play a couple tracks for you, which is kind of nice when, you know, nobody likes tech issues, but it does give me a chance to share some of our recorded pieces with you. So while I talk with them real fast, I am going to... Uh, play these. Now, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to play one by, and this is going to be odd. But we were talking earlier about um, the melodical quality of poetry and how you know that ties a lot into songwriting and poems that can be turned into songs and and things like that. And when Philip started talking about that at the beginning of the show. It made me think about the track that he shared with us a while back. And I thought, well, maybe I'll get a chance to play that tonight because it's really cool. So this is a song that Philip Church wrote. This is his, his poem, his words. And then Jody Piles, the Jody Piles band, put it to music for him and turned his poem into a song. And I've had that done with a couple different ones. And it was really cool. Um, it's a really cool experience to hear something that you have written come to life like that. I can't even explain to you um, the, the feeling you get from that. But I thought it would be really cool to play it for you again. And this is a, it's a piece called I Called Her By Your Name, Philip Church's Lyrics. And this is Jody, the Jody Piles band performing it. Here you go. Hopefully, here you go. Okay. Here we go. 
Jody Pyle's band, and they were performing a song they made using Philip Church's lyrics. I think that's absolutely awesome, and uh, it was good. I absolutely, I think that I mean it's just it's phenomenal. And so, any of you that write, um, I highly suggest that you reach out and do some networking with someone who's into music. Now, do some collabs outside of writing. Work with people. You know, it's, it's pretty incredible feeling to have that done. And maybe I can, uh, one of these days, I'll play one of mine that were done, if I can get them on there. Now, I am having some issues, you guys, with the phone lines. I don't think that I'm going to get them back. And so what I want to do to keep you entertained, and so I don't have to sit here and just talk for the next 30 minutes nonstop, I'm going to play for you a workshop that we did. And this is uh, step-by-step instructions on on writing a poem So if you miss something, just remember you can come back to the archives last half hour of the show and, you know, catch it again. Um, But it's a workshop on writing. It'll take you step by step through. At the end, you'll have a written poem. That's really fun. It's a really fun thing to do. So everyone grab a piece of paper and a pencil or a notebook or something like that and and chill out with me for the next half hour. We'll do this workshop. And uh, I think that you guys are going to like it. 
So let's go ahead and I'm going to start that for you. We'll see you next week, everybody, live for more spoken word poetry. And hopefully I'll have my lines up. So, yeah, not good news. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Inkwell, brought to you by the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. The Inkwell is a how-to show designed for writers to help them advance in their writing careers. So you've written something. Now what? That's what we're here to tell you. Now, on to the show. everybody and welcome to the Inkwell, a writing workshop brought to you by the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I am really excited about being able to do this tonight. I've been wanting to put these, this one together uh, for quite a while. And uh, so I'm real excited. We're going to have a couple special guests joining us in a little bit, but I'll get to that in just a moment. I want to make sure that you have everything that you need and ready to participate in the workshop tonight. So you want to make sure that you have, and I don't want you doing on this, this on the computer, please. Have a paper and pencil or a notepad, a, a spiral notebook, sheets of paper, whatever, and a pen in front of you because I want you to write this stuff down. Now, the way this workshop is going to be put together is we are going to be going step-by-step step through the construction of a poem. All right, so by the time the episode is over, you will have a finished poem. So I want to make sure you have a paper and pencil, all right, so that you can write down the instructions. Now, the way that this workshop is going to be set up is you are going to be, I'm going to be walking you through a set of instructions. And then when it comes to the time when you should be writing, we're going to take a minute and 45-second break, giving you time to write down the things that you'll be able to write down. But it's also designed so that you can come back and listen to it in the archives. So if you want to just sit and hang out and listen to the entire episode and not do the writing at this point, that's fine, all right? Because when the show goes into the archives, you can come back and go through step by step. And when we get to the music portion, you can pause the show, write everything that you need to write down, and then start the show up again so you can go at your own pace. That way you're not pressured to get it done in the minute and 45 seconds because in all honesty, it's probably going to take you a little bit longer than that. All right, with that said, it's going to be a really fun night tonight. I am really, like I said, I am really excited about doing this. It's one of my favorites to do. This actually comes from a workshop that I teach called Writer's Block is Just an Urban Legend. It's like the boogeyman. If you don't believe in it, it can't get you. However, there is such a thing as writer quicksand. And these are pits that we create for ourselves. We impose these unrealistic demands on ourselves as writers. When we don't meet them, we let our feet sink deeper and deeper into these traps. You get busy with life and you don't write a new poem for a month and instantly you blame it on writer's block instead of allowing yourself your humanity and realizing that life happens and that's okay. You have to remember you are always a writer even when you're not writing. There is no definition of the word writer that reads you must produce a poem every day. Another pit we create for ourselves is when we sit and stare at a blank piece of paper and get frustrated when this amazing poem does not pop out of our heads and spill all over the paper. Creativity does not always work that way. Sometimes it needs a primer. 
One of the reasons I give out homework, writing assignments, prompts, and exercises on the show is to put you out of your comfort zones and get you writing. Writing anything, it doesn't matter. It's to get you out of the thinking that every time you put your pen to paper, you have to create a masterpiece. And that's simply not the case. As a writer, you want to develop good writing habits, and one of them is to write something and write something every day. I said something, not necessarily a poem, just something. It's why I encourage you to carry a journal with you, carry a notebook with you, a notepad. Always have paper and pencil on you. When a thought pops in your head, stop and write it down, and don't think, oh, I'll come back and write it later, because you'll forget. You'll never do it, and it'll be gone forever. Take the two seconds you need to write it down. What it does is put your hand to paper. And in doing so, it keeps that creative side of your brain active, thinking, working, creating. Think about a little boy who keeps running up to Daddy with a baseball in his hand. Daddy, Daddy, will you play catch with me? And the Daddy's busy and sends the little boy off with a not right now. Every time that little guy runs up to him, it's always the same. Another excuse, and each time he is sent off, a little more crestfallen. Pretty soon, he has learned not to ask anymore. This example comes from a workshop I do called Stop Pissing Off Your Muse. There's nothing worse than your muse giving you the silent treatment. If you don't listen to this creative side of yourself, you become the daddy in this example, and pretty soon that creative side of you becomes less vocal. We blame that on writer's block when it is something we ourselves have laid the trap for and fallen into. But it's easier to blame our muses than ourselves, right? Breaking that cycle is the easiest thing in the world to do. How? Write. Write something. Write something every day. Anything. It doesn't matter. Put your pen on paper. Take a couple of moments to listen to your creative side. Think of that little boy. If Daddy had have said, son, I'm busy right now, and I don't have much time, but I've got five minutes. And for five minutes, he throws the ball with his son and then hugs him and says, Daddy has to get back to work right now. Think how differently that scenario would play out. Think what a different reaction he would have with his son. It's the same thing with ourselves. How we treat ourselves, the things we tell ourselves are important, is no different. You are the father and you are the son. And what message do you send yourself? If a random thought pops into your head, do not wait. Take two seconds and write it down. It's important. There are a lot of things like this that we'll be covering in future workshops. But in today's, we are going to do a poem workshop, where in the end you will have a finished piece. When you set your pen to paper, do not be the tyrant and expect your muses to perform on command like, like Salome doing the Dance of the Seven Veils. You know, well, we all know how that turned out, and it wasn't pretty. Instead, have things to do while you wait for the have – have different things that you can provoke yourself with while you're waiting for that bolt of lightning to come crashing down from the heavens with that masterpiece that just seems to write itself. I mean, stop putting pressure on yourself, guys. And remember how much fun it is just to play with words, how much fun it is to have fun with them. And that's what we're going to do now. For this workshop, you're going to need a paper and pen, like I said. And please, once again, use a paper and pen. You write differently. Trust me on this. You write differently when you write on paper than you do when you type. You actually think differently. Writing on paper is slower. What you produce will be better. I'm going to walk you through eight steps. And for each step of this exercise, you're going to give at least six descriptive sentences, abstract thoughts, fragments of ideas. You can write more than six if you want, and I encourage you to do so. The more, the better. And the reason for this is when you think of a thought, the things floating on the surface are the easiest things to scoop up, the obvious answers. The more you write, the deeper inside yourself you have to go the more personal and the more emotional things you're going to find. The things that you write are going to be much deeper. So don't go for the easy answers. 
push yourself to think harder. Close your eyes when you're answering these and think, visualize, smell, touch, taste, and you'll understand as I go through this. Really look for those deep answers. Don't grab the easy ones. All right, so I was told never to start out a poem with the word I because it immediately turns off the reader and it makes it hard to connect with a poem. And I really got to thinking about this. I mean, you know, know the rules and then break them, right? So how do we break the I rule? The only way is to write something so personal that the reader is pulled into the words and they can place themselves inside them. They become the I. You can only do this with very strong and emotional concrete imagery or very raw and emotional contact through the words. So once again, the more examples you write, the more of this strong type of imagery you will find. The more you write, the more deeply emotional responses to the question will surface. All right, so before we get started, we have two special guests who are going to help me with today's workshop. All right, so I am going to bring them on. We have Stan and George with us hey, tonight. Nyla. Would you guys like to introduce yourself to everyone? This is Stan from Alabama. And this is George from Michigan. <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm really, really excited that you agreed to do this assignment with me and to do this workshop. You know, it's been fun getting it coordinated, but I have to tell you guys, you are just troopers because we've done this on pretty short notice. So I appreciate both of you guys being here. So Stan, I want to start with you. And I want you just, you know, for the sake of those who may be listening who have not met you yet, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about yourself as a poet before we get started? I sure will. Well, I am uh, a retired blue-collar worker. <laughs> Moved here to Alabama back in 1990. I was originally from California. Uh, I got into poetry just about maybe four years ago, and it has just pretty much basically become a very major part of my life. I've uh, been, of course, on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe, Spoken Word, also on World Poetry Open Mic, uh, Poetry in the Raw. Uh, when Sinister Spittle was broadcasting, I was there. Um, I'm a part of the Outlaw Poetry Group. Got a group out there called Friends of Word, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I'm George. I spent 37 years in a, in a corporate office. Retired from there to relate. Then I, did, uh, I had education to teach college. I taught history at a community college for 12 years and since then have retired. I didn't pick up poetry until about a little over two years ago when a local, when I saw the ad for a local poetry club in the town I now live in, joined up and uh, it's become like Stan, it's become a big part of my happiness. And I'm still learning to write. I had bits and pieces of writing over the years, but I didn't, uh, I didn't write poetry seriously in any way. And, and I'm still not sure I reached the serious level, but um, I am, am eager about it. I have a, a little uh, part of my Facebook is a poetry site, and I'm also uh, entering a few contests and I'm a member of allpoetry.com. And I'm eager to be here. I'm glad to be helping out with Alan Stan. Well, I am really glad that you are both here. And, you know, it's really funny because until we really started talking the last couple of days and getting this workshop set up, I had forgotten how long the two of you have been writing. And it really amazes me that you've only been writing for as long as you have because you both are exceptional writers, and that's the reason I asked you to participate in this workshop with me. Both of you use very good, solid, concrete images. And so I, I thought that you 
you would do very well with this. And it was kind of funny. I don't remember which one of it you uh, I was talking to this morning, but I said that it didn't matter how long you've been writing. If you're a poet now, you've always been a poet. It's just taken you that long to put your pen to paper. So it doesn't matter how long you've been writing. You've always been a poet. You've always had the poet soul, and I truly believe that. So you both are here with me tonight on your own merit. I think you're incredible writers, and I'm very proud and excited that you're going to be doing this with me. Well, I am too. (laughs) Yay, group hug. (laughs) Here we go. All right. So you guys ready to get started? Oh, yeah. I am. All right. So first, once again, we are doing a writer's workshop called I Am, and we're breaking the I rule. Don't start a poem with the word I. We're going to be breaking that rule. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you each a question. There's going to be eight of them. And then I'm going to play some music. And while I'm playing the music, I want you guys to write down your answers to the questions. And you have to write at least six descriptive sentences, abstract thoughts, fragments of ideas. And don't worry about the structure is because you can edit at the end of this later if you want to. The idea is just to get as many thoughts on paper as you can relating to the questions that I ask you. Once we're done with the questions, I'll be giving you the formula or the structure that you'll need to create the poem. Sound good? Okay. I'm on board. (laughs) Awesome. All right, so let's get started. So everyone have your paper and pen ready, and I'm going to give you guys the first question, and then as soon as I give you the question, go ahead and start writing. I'm going to play a piece of music that's going to last for one minute and 45 seconds. So you've got a minute and 45 seconds to write down as many ideas and thoughts and abstract ideas and all that good stuff as you can, all right? So to start out this with, I want you to think of we all have a place that we're rooted to. You've had a bad day or you've been in a fight with your girlfriend or you're just feeling a little antsy. It's the full moon. I don't know what. But we all have some place that we go that is very special to us, all right? I want you to think of that place that you run away to. And you'll see an example later when we get to the end of this. I'm going to use the example of the ocean. The ocean is one of the places that I run away to that's my secret alone place. I have a beach that I go to that's a pretty secluded place. It's not a real well-known or tourist attraction type of place. And usually when I go there, I'm I'm pretty much alone, and I can wander and walk and think, and it's my secret special place that I go to reconnect with myself. We all have a place for that. For some of us, it might be our backyard. You know, for some of us, it might be going to the mountains. It might be whatever. But I want you to think of that place that you have that deep emotional connection to. That's your place of solace, your sanctuary, where you go to re-energize yourself, where you run away to when the world's being mean, when you just need to have that time. Think of that place, and I want you to write that down at the top of the paper. I want you to think of that place, and I want you to write down all the things you love about that place, all the things that are important to you, why does it ha- why do you have an emotional connection to that place what is waiting for you there what's waiting to greet you what what is it that's amazing and special about that place that calls to you i want you to write down everything you can think of to describe that place so we are going to play our minute and 45 second music bed and starting now
There we go. Okay, did you guys get stuff written? Yes. Yes, I got awesome. uh, five or six things written. Great. All right, for number two, the second question is, I want you to write down your favorite season there. All right, write down all the things you love about your favorite season. And if it's like an indoor place, if it's the library or something, your favorite time of day, your favorite season, your favorite time of day, I want you to write about, you know, how the weather or the time of day affects it. Um, how does it make you feel? How does the things around it react? Anything that has to do with the season or the time in your favorite place. So you'll want to write down about six descriptive or abstract answers about how the season affects your favorite place, what it looks like, how does it feel, how does the weather affect it or the time affect it. All right? You ready to go? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Minute yep. 45 seconds. Pencils down? Oh, it makes me feel like teacher. <laughs> Don't make me throw the eraser at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, I want you to imagine yourself in this special place. I want you to close your eyes and inside your mind, I want you to look around. Imagine yourself there. Look to your right and look to your left. I want you to write down all the things you see. Describe them. Describe what you see. What are your surroundings like? And remember, you know, use abstract sentences, abstract thought. You're not trying to create perfection here. You're just trying to get as many ideas down on paper as you can. So go ahead and start. So, yeah, just just write. Write what you can think of. Let's What's do it. there with you? We're on it. We're on it.
All righty. Are you ready for number four? Yes, ma'am. I am. <laughs> Great. So, again, and when I say close your eyes, there's a reason that I want you to close your eyes. When you're writing, if you sit there and stare at a blank piece of paper, you're staring at a blank canvas. You're, you're staring at something where there is no inspiration. But if you close your eyes when you're trying to imagine what you're writing about, all right, your brain will automatically do what your brain does and start creating images. All right, so when I say close your eyes, it's, it, there's a reason for that. Psychologically, human nature is our brains only work one way. So if you do this, it'll help you. All right, so I want you to close your eyes, and this is going to sound really crazy. I want you to close your eyes and listen. All right, if you close your eyes and picture yourself there, I want you to listen and describe all the things that you can hear there. What are all the sounds? Think about anything that you can possibly hear. Go ahead and start writing. Think about all the things, a ticking clock, the ocean waves, whatever it is, whatever you can hear, write it down. Next question, number five. That is, are you there alone? Are there other living things with you? Now, if you'll recall, I already had you close your eyes and look to the left and look to the right and write down everything that was there. But that's different if there's a living thing with you. So is there? are you absolutely alone? Are there other people around you? Is there a spider in the web, in the bookshelf? Um, I want you to write down if there's anything else living there with you, write about what's there, what's unique about them, how does it affect the place, how does it affect you. All right, go ahead and start.
That takes us to number six. And number six is, what do you smell? Close your eyes and put yourself there and write down everything that you smell. What are all the different things that are there that you wrote down earlier? What do they smell like? How does it all contribute to the whole? Like I talked about the ocean earlier. You know, so salt air, airbrushed on skin, the tart aroma of endless sun-bleached blue. You know, whatever you can think of. How do all of these things smell? Go ahead and start. Okay. Ready for number seven? Yes, we are. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) All right, awesome. Number seven is touch. What do you physically feel? How are the things there? How do they affect you physically? Like does the wind touch your skin, for example? Does the, uh, the scratchy upholstery on the chair, how do the things there feel? How do they physically make you feel? All right, and uh, it can be if you're looking at something, you can feel it physically without it even touching you, you know, so kind of think about like the sun. It isn't actually touching you, but how does it make you feel? All right, physically, how are, how do you feel physically in this place? What are the physical effects it has on you? All right, go ahead and start.
All right. And we are at, finally at number eight, the last one. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you guys having fun? Sure. All right, number eight. I want you to write all the things that being there makes you feel inside, what it means to you, all right? What's empowering about it? What's what's frightening about it? How does it feel when you plug in to recharge? How do you feel when you get there? You know, what is the process, you know, the, the exhale or the inhale, of the place. What is it that you feel when you know it's time to leave? Write everything emotionally, the impact that place has on you, spiritually, uh, psychologically, all of that. Write all the things that it makes you feel inside being there. Go ahead and start. Okay. Down with your pencils. So was that fun, guys? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I can't guarantee as to its quality, but it's a quantity <laughs> here. Yeah. You know, once again, this isn't about this isn't about quality. It is about quantity, and uh, the more quantity you get, trust me, the more value will be there. The more things you write, the better things you will find. You know. Th- Usually we write, you know, we're, I always tell everyone that, you know, in our lifetimes we're going to write a handful of great poems. And we're going to write a bunch of good poems. And we're going to write a whole buttload of crap, all right? <laughs> and that's just the truth True. of it. You know, the things that we write that we find floating on the surface, what usually floats on the surface, right? Where do the gems lie? They lie on the bottom. So kind of think about that when you're writing, folks. <laughs> Don't always okay. take the easy way out when you're writing. No, I'm not. I'm just sitting here still working on that nice little wordplay you had in there with the buttload of crap. That was good. <laughs> well, you saw what I did there, huh? Thinking, <laughs> and, 
and I was thinking that it hasn't taken me a whole lifetime to write some butt, a buttload of crap. <laughs> just, a, just, just a short time. <laughs> all right. So the reason that I had all, you write down all of that stuff is because now you have a pretty impressive bank of concrete and emotional reactions to this topic, this place, this this uh, place that you've chosen. And we'll get into that. I'll, we'll talk to you guys a little bit about each of your places and stuff in just a bit. But what I want to do now is I want to give you the formula for constructing a poem out of all those sentences. How many sentences do you think you got? You guys wrote? Oh, geez, I can. I'm going to say six. I'm going to write 30, at least 35, maybe. Yeah. At least 35 or 40. Mm-hmm. Some of them are probably not readable. Okay, so do you do you want the good news? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're only going to use four of those lines. I... <laughs> Surprise. You know, what I, you, know what I she, you know what I thought she said, Stan? I thought she actually said we can only use four lines. <laughs> yeah, you're only going to uh, use four of the lines you've written. Really? <laughs> okay. All right. So I want you to write this down on a piece of paper. This is the format you're going to follow when piecing your palm together. Okay. All right. The title of your palm is going to be called I Am. The first line in the poem is going to read, I am, and fill in the blank. The second line is going to read, I am, and fill in the blank. The third line is going to read, blank, comma, I am. The fourth line is going to read, I am, and fill in the blank. So each place there's a blank, you are going to choose out of that list of things that you just wrote. You're going to choose a sentence to fill in that blank. All right, and in those, you should have some strong enough imagery to be able to create something really powerful. All right, so once again, the structure is I am blank. I am blank. Blank, I am, and I am blank. Now, I'm going to read you an example of the one that I did just to kind of give you a heads up on how you're going to do this or how how it ends up working out and how it ends up coming together in poem form, kind of a guideline, all right? So I talked earlier about the place that I chose was the ocean, it's some place where I go that I feel so small in that I can get lost, but it's so large it makes me feel a part of everything. It's just my special place. When I put this together, this is the examples I used on mine. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I am. I am the quiet waters just past the breakers. I am the peaceful still where time and worldly concerns do not matter. The season of childhood 
and innocence I am. I am the horizon that promises forever. All right, so that is an example of how that can be put together. So what I am going to do is I am going to play another music bed, and this one is actually going to be just a little bit longer. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I should have had this one ready. We're going to play one by Michael Bredemus, and this piece that I'm playing, you guys, he actually listened to you guys doing the open mic one night, and was so inspired by you guys being a poet, by the poems and the the creativity that he heard here, him being a music writer, he sat down and wrote this piece of music, wrote this song, because he was inspired by you guys. So it's pretty cool. It's three minutes and 44 seconds, so you guys have four minutes to construct your poems. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, All right. <laughs> here we go. This is Michael Bernamis with My Own Divide and Guys Write. Okay. 